One, two, Freddy's coming for you. And this time he's bringing the scariest nightmare of them all. That's right, AIDS. Hey! My name's Andy, with me as always, verbal AIDS, Muller. Freddy Mulcury reporting for duty. <laughs> oh no. Uh, and that's it. No one else. Just us two idiots. From Just us two. 52 episodes we went without sort having of. to sit in the same room alone together. Sort of 52 episodes. Sort of. Not minus really not fi episode 50. So I want to talk today about why modern people are such pussies. Now... Okay. I'm going to put in a little teaser. We're going to continue my anti-trans person rant after this uh, segment. So you're going to want to hold on to, uh, to get to that, to that continuing saga. Um, They're hooked now. So I had, a, I had a guy I know who wanted to uh, come and live in our, in our great big commune uh, Yeah, because you live with like 40 people or yeah, something? Yeah, I live with... You live with way too many five, people. Five people in, in a house. Well, you, you, know, you round up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, so this, guy, this guy wanted to come live with us, and I ended up talking to some friends of mine who He's just a random person? Or do you, like, you know him? He's somehow? a guy... I had met him one time. He sold, me, uh, he sold me like a drum machine, a $300 drum machine for $40, which actually kind of plays into the story. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I ended up talking to some friends of mine who knew him, and they say, well, uh, yeah, he's got this heroin pro problem and, <laughs> <laughs> and whatnot. So I asked, okay, he's well, in. <laughs> it's, yeah, so I, was, so I, I really put some, some really decent thought into it to try to come up with my best logical explanation. I said, okay, so is he still doing this? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I think he's been clean for a while, whatever. Okay. So yeah, we did this still. thing. So, um, so I figure, okay, well, you got to put this guy to the test. You, you, you know, you got to see, I don't, you don't want to write some, you know, you don't want to say, oh, I'm not going to hire that guy. He's a convict or whatever. Okay. It's, uh, you you want to give someone a fair chance. Maybe Would, they've changed their ways. Did you like leave a bowl of painkillers out <laughs> on the table or something? <laughs> so, no, no, no. I, I, when I had him over to interview him, I just asked him, hey, do you have any history with drugs or alcohol or any, you know, problems or whatever? And he, yeah. and he came forward and just told me it all. So I said, okay, well, that's a... That's a mark in your favor, you know. You, you know, uh, little do you know that I already know that, but I'm. Uh, little <laughs> do you know I too am addicted to heroin. <laughs> um, so I put him through the whole rigmarole, and I said, "Okay, well, um, you know, you seem like a decent guy who's made some mistakes and whatnot." Uh, I ha I'm, I'm a bit concerned because of this particular thing, but yeah. you know, I think it would be fine if you come to live here, uh, come for a month, and then if you're not being an idiot or anything weird, then like you can you can continue to stay or whatnot. Probation period. Yeah, probation period. So that was in March, and it's like uh, November now. So, um, so I just had the guy move out this week, and some weird things started happening. Um, Did he move? Was there a reason he moved out, or just he was? He said he had he got a job. Okay, he I, got a job that was like, far far didn't away. Like kick him out or anything? No, I didn't kick him out. There's no drama, nothing going on. So, where does the, where does the first thing go weird here? Well, the first the first weird thing that I found is as soon as this guy moved in, I started just seeing finger dirty fingerprints everywhere all over like our you house could see the fingerprints like yeah like black black fingerprints like, almost everywhere. like black ink fingerprints yeah like like if you imagine that that's pretty close to what it looks like hmm. except they're very smudged and whatnot so i go okay well this guy's kind of a dirty guy i guess he doesn't really wash his hands but he's a nice guy he's got good taste <laughs> in movies and stuff so you know okay. that's uh that's whatever and you know it's not the worst thing that could ever happen to you so when he comes to move out i go and look at his room and 
the walls are just covered in dirt. There's just dirt all over the walls in the, in this place. And I'm like, sure it wasn't fecal matter. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know if he just is running around his room, just like touching his walls or whatever, but like, it was a lot. So, so I, so I said, I, I made this list of cleaning things. I was like, if you want your damage deposit back, of course you're going to, yeah. you can't leave these, like these dirty walls. He goes, yeah, I don't know what's with it. Like, you know, it's like, I, I don't touch the walls or anything like that. And I go, you know, I've had like 15 people live here. None of them ever had dirty walls like this. Okay. Like maybe a few fingerprints and you just kind of wipe them off or whatever. Yeah. So he spent all day cleaning this place. Like, cause I'm not, I don't want to do it or whatnot. So then the next day, I, it's, it's, it's the first, right? You're out on the first. Yeah. And I, and I walk into the living room at four in the morning cause I'm just getting a, a cup of water and I like think I saw something on the couch. So I like, I quickly turn on the light and this guy's sleeping on the couch. The yep. same guy we're talking about? The same guy okay. just, just, just sleeping there. I could immediately turn the lights back off. I go, well, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to Wired do. Wired a homeless person. Yeah. I, I don't know what to do with that. So yesterday I got a text message from one of my roommates and he says, Hey, you know, my girlfriend woke up and she went into the closet and the dude was sleeping in the closet oh, um, and in a Tupperware in a Rubbermaid container. And uh, like she opened the door and he just pokes his head out of the Rubbermaid container. Hey, everything's cool. You know, I'm, I was just looking for my rollerblades and I fell asleep in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> So, but he he moved out because he like had a new job opportunity. Or yeah, that was basically so. what he said. Oh, I got a job in Alberta, so I got to move. And you moved to the closet, I guess. He he moved into the closet. So now it's a day after he's supposed to have moved out. So it's uh -huh. like, what are you doing anywhere near the property at all? Like, there's there's yeah. no reason for you to be here uh, whatsoever. So. I immediately rushed home. I locked up the door. I talked with them. He left some stuff in our garage. And then last night, I start getting the text messages. Hey, from one of my roommates, my camera's missing. Yeah. Hey, like th this stuff is missing, blah, blah, blah. I find out this morning, just before this podcast, I've got like $500 in N64 and Super Nintendo games that are just missing. You know, rare ones like Super Mario RPG and Paper Mario. Those are like a hundred bucks almost each. So this guy is back on the heroin. Yes. Yeah, so so, so I texted his girlfriend. She's like, yeah, you know, uh, uh, on Monday, uh, which is like a, almost a week ago now. Oh yeah. All, all my rent money just went missing and I haven't heard back from him all of a sudden, just yeah. like, just, just right off the deep end. Um, so this is the type of thing, this is the type of tragedy that happens to you when you're N64 games and your Super Nintendo games and whatnot that really mess up, you know, your flow of life or whatever, uh -huh. right? And, I, and I, started, I started reflecting on this in that uh, if this happened five years ago, I would be very upset right now. Like, this would be a crisis that I would have to deal with. Why are you not more upset now? Because I'm not a fucking weak pussy Okay. Like Canadian <laughs> culture wants to teach everyone to be. And, and this is... Well, you and, can still be upset by it and not be a pussy. Yeah, but I know how to deal with it. It's like, yeah, sure. I'm going to call the locksmith. I'll get the lock. Things changed. I'm out 500 bucks. Okay, move on. Next thing. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. And this, this, this goes back into my, my, my arguments against Sogi. This is the continuation that I teased. The story would be better if you called the locksmith and then he showed up in a locksmith uniform. <laughs> like, oh, I'm here to fix your locks. <laughs> um, Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Um, yeah, so 
last time I talked about this this issue, so we had this we had this local election here. Just to just to recap everybody, uh, you know, for the continuing saga against Mueller's Facebook rants against <laughs> how, against Sony. How Sogi. much time do you spend thinking about trans people? <laughs> this is getting out of hand on our this show. Is, this right? is this so is listen. Episode. This is about government intervention. This really has very little to do against yes uh, about trans people. And obviously, I don't actually have a problem with people who are who are trans. Um, so. Uh, Sogi again is our is our gender identity act in the government, and they're saying, okay, we are going to start educating all of your elementary school children on uh, on how uh, gender identity works. So I made a post on Facebook that basically said, uh, you know, our government has said if we elect any any school trustees who are against this Sogi program, which they have a good reason to be, by the way, sure. um, we'll just fire them anyways. So and I, and and I go so I made this post saying well that's not very democratic and everybody well, ate me alive for it which was which was what, amazing. What exactly is the Sogi thing? Because I've heard about it and then like some people are saying it's like oh well, it's just a pamphlet to help not bully trans. Or whatever. Well, let's talk about. But I, I don't trust those those people saying it's like oh it's just a pamphlet because it's always people who are like seemingly uh, pro authoritarian sort of. Yeah. Things. So I mean the first thing is that Sogi is two things. One thing it's a law. The second thing is it's an educational resource. Those are two distinctly separate things, despite having basically the exact same name. Right. So it, 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 it does get confusing for people to talk about it. So um, basically the law is adding uh, gender identity discrimination to other types of discrimination, right? You can't discriminate against race or sexual orientation or uh, whatever. And then they're adding your gender identity to that. Um, which is kind of a charged thing if you have like 72 genders. Like, you know you're talking to a fucking weirdo if they're like, oh yeah, I'm a jeur. Well, so I've always kind of thought, I remember there's like, I think a, a way older South Park episode about a similar thing about how like hate laws, like hate crime laws and I guess discrimination laws are kind of racist in, in themselves because you're making a distinguishment that if you commit an act of violence, say, against another, like you're a white person, you commit an act of violence against another white person, that's just, you know, uh, assault or, or whatever, attempted, attempted whatever you were doing. Uh, but it, then if it's against a black person, it's a hate crime. But it's like the crime is the violence. It doesn't really matter why you did it. It's like you're making a distinguishment that there's a difference between attacking a white person I mean, and a black person. I feel like it does matter a bit in sentencing. You know, like a judge may give a different sentence if, if assault seems more reasonable or something in one case. Like if you break into someone's house and assault them versus like, I don't know, like if you're assaulting somebody because... I'm talking about the exact same crime. If you're assaulting somebody because of their race as opposed to I assaulted him because he slept with my wife, it's like you're probably going to get a different sentence because one of those, it's like, wow, you seem real no, bad I'm for talking, society. I'm talking about a scenario that's like you're in a bar and you're both drunk and you punch one guy oh, in okay. the head. And if that guy's white, it's just assault or whatever. But if that guy's right, black, because it's it, a hate crime. Yeah, it should be actually, you have to prove that it's racially motivated. And that's the whole problem with all of these laws that I have in the first place is that it's it. There doesn't seem to have to be a huge burden of proof that you're actually racially or sexually motivated. It's like, oh, I punched this trans guy in the head. It's like, wow, what a hate crime. It's like, well, he called my sister a whore, so I punched right. him in the head, and I would have done that to anybody, right? And it's like, so y there's not much of a burden of proof that you should actually prove that it was for sure because they were you know, a different race or a different I sexual I orientation. I don't really care about... You should be able to get in fights with people equally. It's like, I don't care... I, like, I care a lot less about the motivation of why someone... It's like, the, the, 
I don't care if you feel a certain way about a certain group. It's whether you act on those feelings or of not course. That, that bothers me. So it's like as soon as you commit the crime, the crime is what you did. Like no matter what the reason was, it wasn't good enough. Sure. So let's talk about these. I understand the, compl right. the complications and what I'm saying, but it's, it's just something of note how it's just like people jump toward hate crime when it's like, well, it doesn't matter. He committed. It's the, it's the crime, the actual act. I mean, it's just a way thing. to demonize people and villainize them, I suppose. Yeah. Like, like unless somebody actually says it's like, hey, I hate black people and then hits a black person or something. It's like you really can't. You don't know if it's a hate crime. Like you don't know what that person's intentions but are. But to me, the crime was was hitting another person. Sure. It's like I don't. If you said it because you didn't like that they were wearing, well, with this neon colored <laughs> shoes or something. Like, well, with this matter. type of legislation, the crime is thinking it now. So uh, you know, uh, which is of course what I'm what I'm against and what my whole problem is. Yes. Um, so so let's get to this just a pamphlet uh, sort of thing because this is the thing. Uh, so I, I've had this huge argument. I got like 500 comments on my Facebook wall about me saying, I don't want the government intervene. And then people re reply back to me, well, you just hate trans people. I say, yes, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly what my yeah, problem is. So, yeah. You're, you're crazy in arguing with these people because <laughs> like I have similar sort of stances. Like I'm sure we have different nuances in our arguments or whatever. Uh, but the, I will never argue with these people, especially not online. I'll have a discussion with people, but like, Online, I will not even engage these people because you'll make some like it'll be something. It's like oh, you know, the government's regulating this 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 thing to stop trans people from being bullied. And my argument will be, it's like, well, you know, I don't. I'm all for not treating people like shit or whatever, but trying like giving the government the power to regulate that thing, like it's such like especially online bullying it's so hard to regulate that the amount of power you'd have to give the government to be effective if it's not it worth it is a not worth it. And B, I don't think there's enough power. It's like, you're talking about the internet, like just try to stop people from calling you a fag or a cop. Yeah. I, I remember like, how good. Luck. I remember how good they were at uh, keeping Jennifer Lawrence's tit photos from <laughs> yeah, escaping. That, that's yeah. What you did a really about, good job like, there. I should trust that you'll be able to do the same here. A no amount of power. They're not going to have any, a near enough amount of power to, to ever do like I don't think it's possible I don't think there's any amount of power that could stop people from talking shit on the <laughs> internet and well they be, certainly can't stop us from talking shit uh, on the internet giving the, the <laughs> government that kind of power anywhere near that level of power is is very dangerous step toward uh, uh, like a really fascist government yeah it's it's not good so um, and I, I should clarify because I know uh, anytime I talk with people about this sort of stuff, like, like, oh, you know, beware of the government sort of stuff. Like people think like, I'm not talking about some grand conspiracy of like this, this shadow organization of people at a long table, rubbing their hands like together being like, oh, we're going to take over the government. And, and, but I just think that's the natural course of giving people power. Like it, it's, it's that, that, that stupid quote, like absolute power corrupts absolutely sure like it's very true like it's just they won't even realize it's happening like the people who are doing it like they'll just naturally become more greedy and try and silence people that are exposing them like that i don't think it's any like grand conspiracy well this this gets into like i mean it's not a grand conspiracy it's happening right in front of me sure. is is when i have these people who they are the most pious self-righteous motherfuckers uh just talking it's like oh it's just about this anti-bullying thing and it's like well, let me up the stakes a little bit. 
every single study on anti-bullying programs shows that they don't work. <laughs> like, yeah. just go to Google Scholar, which is where you find peer-reviewed studies, uh, like scientific data. You search in anti-bullying programs, click on the first five, which are the ones that have the most citations and are the most popular studies that other scientists refer to because they see them as useful bodies of work, and just click on them. Every summary says, uh, yeah, the anti-bullying program had absolutely no effect at all, and in some some schools where everybody implemented them perfectly, it yeah. had a tiny, like, 2% uh, decrease. <laughs> like, yeah. they're the, the most minimal, negligible, possibly statistically irrelevant uh, results. So I have all these people here. Well, an another thing before we, before we move on there. Well, uh, I'm not moving on. I'm still going, but go ahead. Oh, uh, <laughs> like, again, like, these... like. The people that are just arguing for it's like, you know, trans people being bullied, whoever being bullied, uh, it's a big issue, we need the government to get involved, blah, blah, blah. As soon as someone starts to question, well, well, hold on, like maybe maybe the government's not the right course of action here. Maybe anti-bullying like, programs you, don't even work. Have you ever seen, like, like you're saying, it's like this, this is, there, there are studies that show perhaps this doesn't work. And just look at, at history, like there have been major issues where the government gets involved and it doesn't work. Like look at prohibition. Prohibition has, like the banning of drugs or alcohol of any substance. Yeah, that's worked great. It has it's done a wonders. long-standing <laughs> history of always failing and pretty much always making it worse anytime they try and yeah because now you're feeling crime and then you like you yes. build an organized crime empire because there's way more money for criminals so to the have. question to me like it's not about whether it's like oh should we help trans people uh, live a more comfortable life or have more nobody's against that's this that's not the question <laughs> it's the question of whether the government is the proper route to take that and, and are these government programs actually effective or is this a prohibition scenario where it's like this or, or a prostitution scenario where this is the government's making this worse sure and, and I mean, on top of it, I have this Just issue. questioning whether it's effective or the right course of action. But immediately, people are so heated about this topic that they, 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 they do that, that huffing and puffing thing where they're just so outraged where it's like, look, I'm, I'm just trying to question the motives of the government in this or, or the potential dangers of the government in getting them involved in this scenario. That's it. So there's another issue here with Facebook comments. So, I mean, you, you've talked about how, how my wall tends to explode, and I think that's clearly because I tend to just keep people, even annoying people, I just keep them on my list because I, I don't want to be stuck in some echo chamber of just hearing my and own And sometimes opinions. you can poke the bear. Yeah. Which yeah, totally. I'm, not, I'm not condemning you for that. It <laughs> totally. So, um, but I but I made some comments on a friend of mine's who does not have the same view as me at all. She's uh -huh. definitely in in an echo chamber of Poking just a bunch of, 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 of yeah, a bunch so of liberal people. Um, so uh, she made this post talking about, oh, it's this terrifying time to be alive. Uh, you know, the world's getting so much worse. Trump is gonna write trans people out of existence. <laughs> I love that <laughs> that phrase. I've seen on so many different websites, like coming from different. People. I don't even know what it means it anymore it doesn't mean anything it's just it is complete sensation can, can you can you like do you have like a kind of a breakdown on, on what what's being done versus what this means i haven't read hard into it because i see issues like this and i can see people's hysteria and i already know it's a non-issue like you, you can almost feel it you can just feel it you can feel it that it's just that someone's just found an angle to get upset about it. but as far as i can tell I think he's like, doing the opposite of what our laws are. Like our laws are adding in gender gender identity as like uh, a discrimination class, and he's just taking it my away. My understanding of it was like for identification, or perhaps even just medical identification. Like there, they, he was just he was just uh, dumbing down uh, the the different genders as to three topics, like male, female, or 
other. I don't know what the third one was. It was something like other. Right, because doctor, they just need to make it simple for doctors uh, because, like, what, what you were born at is, yeah, is kind of relevant people, to your medical like, there's, treatment. There's, 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 you know, the, the arguments online now that there's like 70 different genders, but it's like, what is a doctor? When they're just reading through like a chart or whatever, what are they supposed to do with that? Like, sure. What do I do with yeah, this? What's the medical difference between sure and, and exer or whatever, whatever the fuck all they all are? So, so this fucking narrative. I mean, the gender thing is complicated or whatever. Like, I, you know, I don't even want to get into it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but this, the world is getting worse and it's this terrifying time actually, to be alive. Before we get to that, oh, uh, okay. I, I, I do want to say just real quick, because I've seen people argue, it's like, well, why, why do they, they need to know, like, like what you, when you go into the doctor and you're, you're is the doctor going to... Say so it's like, oh, well, are they going to ask you, have you been feeling more masculine lately? It's, it's irrelevant. Uh, no, idiot. If you go into the doctor and say, I have abdominal pains, <laughs> whether you're a man or a woman, biologically is going to make a huge difference in the diagnosis. <laughs> like our bodies work way, biological bodies work way differently, like whether you're male or female. So it's absolutely like they need to know whether you're a female or you're just a really convincing dude dressed up as a female. Like, <laughs> they need to know that because everything about our bodies works differently. Like our, our muscle mass is completely different. Fat is stored differently. Like, and, and on all sorts of psychological I mean, that, that go, that's my theory about why I'll never be attracted to a trans woman because they won't <laughs> store fat in the ass the way I want it. But my point is, like, it's not just some psychological thing about how you feel. There's also differences in like, how your muscles work. Right. Like there's, so it's absolutely relevant. For it's good for somebody who's right treating your body to know yeah. all, all the history of your so body. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that up. Yeah, back, yeah. back to uh, what's what's the statement? So so this it's terrifying time to be alive. Yes, I mean the worst time ever to be alive. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's kind of what you see every time you see an outrage article. Like it's just adding to this narrative of how bad things have gotten, and that's not true at all in the slightest every single possible metric of human at least in western countries at least uh, worldwide actually worldwide yeah i mean obviously even in, even in places where it's really bad it's still better than it was yeah, yeah obviously there's going to be some places that didn't have a war before now they have a civil war okay that's not good if you're like as a part yes. of a war for the individual that's bad but but cross society uh what's the worldwide poverty rate in 1820 94%, 94% of the entire world was living in poverty in 1820. Yeah. What is it today? Uh, less than 10%. Yeah. It's like, uh, since even since 2000 to 2018, the poverty rate has cut in half in just like under 20 years. That's just one metric, by the way. There's lots of metrics like this about... Uh, yeah, it, it, money is it's more important than money, but but money's pretty good indicator Look, of. You're you're an idiot. You're looking up all these statistics about the world and how you know how crime has been broken down and poverty and all that. It's not about that. It's about whether I like the president or not. <laughs> like he's saying some things I don't like. He's a uh, jerk. So the world's worse than ever. Yeah, like not. Let's not even look at the statistics based on that comment at all. Let's, it's just, oh, I just, he's a jerk. I just don't like the president. Eh, fair enough. So, so I, I didn't even approach this gender thing because I was like, okay, this is, that's, that's a huge can of worms. And, well, like, and this isn't my wall either. I don't want to go and, and messing up other people's stuff. As soon as you say the word gender, and no matter what else you, like you, if you just have the word gender just once in an entire like three paragraph thing, 
the arguments immediately become about that because people just won't. They'll just latch onto that and they won't get over it. Sure. So I chimed in here because this this fucking narrative bothers me so much because it's not that we can't improve the world. Obviously, we should keep trying to improve the world. When I, yeah. when I say that I'm proud that we halved the world poverty rate in the last 20 years, I hope we half it again in the next 20 years. Like It's, like, yeah. it's not like I'm suggesting, oh, well, let's, stop. let's, let's just stop, stop now. now. Yeah, you know, stop. those 8% of people, who cares about them? You yeah. know, I'm happy about it. Yeah, of course, just continue making things better. Not a problem. Um, but I think that everybody believing that is really bad. Like, I think having a, a country of people who th say, this is the worst time ever. Well, because people will begin to feel hopeless. Yeah, and it throws them into a panic. And a society of hopeless people is actually really bad. I mean, when we talk about, I mean, even, even electing Trump, but I think a more relevant is Brexit. Yeah. It's like you have this society full of people who are basically making a joke vote. And, and then they find out, oh, shit, we actually voted for Brexit. Like, I was just <laughs> kidding, like, you know, because I'm very nihilistic because I got no hope for, for our future. It's like, it's, it's a meaningful thing when people feel that way and you don't you don't need a, everybody s s like thrown up into a panic because this well, I think that's the panic I think is the bigger issue because people become hostile toward each other when really it's like look we can just be having a conversation about how much power we think the government can be have but now, and it does it does not now, need to be heated at all but now because you know I've said this thing like this one what I felt was innocuous statement about gender or whatever now you've now you've made it like an us a me versus you scenario now like we're not in the same group and and man things are just so bad and it's like people like it's a 10 out of 10 importance too it's like no this is the most important issue I mean that's what I was joking about last episode about Brett Kavanaugh I couldn't even make a joke a week later because it was so irrelevant this thing that was a 10 out of 10 importance high alert high alarm everyone's gonna die uh, a week later everyone's forgotten and moved on to the next the next issue. How yeah. am I supposed to re respect uh, like what <laughs> what you're going on about if I know that in in like five days you're going to have completely forgot about it? It cannot have been that much of a life or death issue. Yeah. Um, so I pointed this out. I just said, you know, things are actually a lot better than ever. And immediately people start jumping on the bandwagon. What? So we shouldn't improve anything and whatever. And I, go, I explained exactly what I just no, explained. Let me, it's let like, me clarify. Let me clarify. You're throwing, always be you're throwing people into a panic. It's not very good. You know, here's a few studies, yeah. uh, you know, on this. And then I just start getting the cascades of, of, of shit flown at me. And um, so at one point, uh, it's like I get all these arguments that aren't arguments. And I say, okay, listen. I provided you some studies. If you disagree, then just pr give me some in the opposite direction. You yeah, know? let it's me like, hear it. It's like I'm, you, I'm you, willing to hear what you have to yeah, say. You're just cherry-picking studies to make your case. It's like, that's what anybody who's debating somebody's doing. Like, yeah, it's well, like, it's if we're having a conversation. Yeah, These yeah. are some points that I think are relevant. Yeah, it's like, what are you, what, what are you doing? So I, I, I get on with this guy. Um, let's call him Josh. Uh, <laughs> not troll Josh. Yeah, not troll Josh. Regular just, Josh. And, the and, worst kind of Josh. And this guy's just rallying on, you know, I did all this schooling and I'm basically a scientist here. So now I know yeah, how to I read, all, I know how to read all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, well, why don't you provide, just provide any sort of yeah. argument or research rather than just tearing away at what I'm saying and how, oh, it's wrong for you to suggest it. Just say something in the opposite direction. Yeah, That's like, credible. Okay, then it's like if you're, if you have so much better of an understanding than I do, clearly I have a, a lack of understanding, but we're having a discussion and I'll hear you out. Like, what do you have? Maybe there's something you have to say that I, I don't, uh, I'm not considering. I'm not even going to waste my breath. Yeah, I shouldn't uh, have to. I shouldn't even have to. What you're saying is so outrageous. And so I said, okay, yeah. like, so at this point, when I'm asking him to provide his research, what should have happened is 
he should have done that automatically if he's such a smart science knowing guy. It's like, yeah. hey, here's a study. It's like, well, you should, uh, you know, I've made a point. Why don't you make a counterpoint? Yeah. So I'm being very generous by saying, <laughs> hey, do you remember how arguments work? Like you are supposed to provide a counterpoint. Like, you know, I'm being very gracious about it. And no, because what you're arguing is so ridiculous that I don't even need to counterpoint. Yeah, no. I just need to say you're being ridiculous. Immediately I get lambasted by like five or six different people being like, do your own research. Don't make us do your homework for you. I'm just asking it's, for a link here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's like, but I'm the only person in the whole conversation who's done any research and actually yeah. posted it. I'm saying I'm being gracious to you. One of the one of the ladies, uh, she she was posting. Yeah, don't make uh, this girl do the research. And that was the original poster. And it's like this brings me to one of the problems with Facebook comments is. We're 50 comments in here, and then one girl. Yeah, hears, I, couldn't hear, read it. I couldn't read it all. Yeah, so what? So too much. So this girl hears me say, I oh. Need, I needed the, what's the TL, TLDR? TLDR. <laughs> yeah, I needed that. Uh, TLDR, it was a waste of everyone's time. Yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't need to read anything to know that. Um, so, so immediately this girl, this girl's like, Oh yeah, well why don't you you don't need to make this original poster do the research for you. Do your own research. And it's like she wasn't even part of this this offshoot conversation. Yeah. So the problem with Facebook is that you're gonna get you're gonna see just one comment that's fifty comments in with yes. no context no, to what's yeah, being yeah, said. Yeah. So I'm constantly having people chime in. Uh, who clearly didn't understand what was going on in the conversation, but they're very mad at me about it, of course, yeah. <laughs> which is amazing. Like, we, well, it's like Facebook is self-filtering. Like, you know when they have videos where they take a 30-minute interview and they edit it down to four minutes to make the guy look really bad? Facebook is algorithmically doing that to your comments yeah. and just getting people upset. I've got people who hate me who are telling, you, yeah, you know, like, I think that you're a very unpleasant person. I couldn't imagine meeting you in person. And it's like, yeah, you you know, like it's probably going to be a pretty simple interaction if you met me in person. It's like I'm just going to be polite because I'm like a, a functioning member of society. Like yeah. the fact that you think that this has any indicate, like I don't think any of these people on here. I have no reason to believe any of them would be like rude like this in person. They're, they're probably they absolutely they're wouldn't. probably just fine people. Like even though I think that they're absolutely no, insane on the very internet. few people are this confrontational in real life. But I Especially love the idea like that if, they think that if you you're are sitting at a table with someone who's just like, look, like, let's just have a conversation about this. Whether you find my opinions are ridiculous or not, like I'm not out like you know, with some hate rally group or something like that. I'm just, I'm just, these are just some talking points. Maybe they're ridiculous, but just explain to me why. Cause I'm sitting here like, no, it's, it's crazy that someone would ever be like in your face. Like, Oh, I'm not screaming. I'm not, I, I'm not even going to justify that with a response. It's because like, like, you don't, don't have a response. Is, this guy is a fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So talk here. So I talked about that. Um, that, that one of the studies that I brought up because this, this eventually steered onto gender, which is saying, you know, I'm, we're not here like debating the legitimacy of a of a trans person. We're here like I'm saying, you know, it, the study was that children who transition, children and teenagers, only 17 percent. Actually, it was tw I went and reread the study. It's only 12 percent actually actually remain uh, trans by the time they're adults. Yeah. And then you got like 88 percent of them who were like misdiagnosed and they're actually gay or they're or they're just you know they were just confused at the time. I'm surprised and they, that number's not even higher. Yeah, yeah. 88 percent of people that are misdiagnosed, which is again I brought this up last time. So I so I brought up this study and then immediately I got chicks these chicks being like you're debating the legitimacy of trans people and all this thing and it's like 
You, yeah. like, it's actually kind of this homophobic thing if you think about it because it's like, well, you're like, well, it doesn't, none of those gay people matter who like you've like yeah. very much confused and it's already hard being gay. Do you, like, <laughs> do you think that we should change the name of the, of the fallacy, the term, uh, the slippery slope fallacy, which implies like, oh, if you start doing this one thing, it'll lead to this. And so you're condemning like this, th this thing based on a much worse thing without actually connecting them. We should change the definition of the slippery slope term to uh, conversations that just get derailed into gender arguing. <laughs> like how easily something can, it's a slippery slope. You mentioned gender too many times. And so no matter what the original argument was about, now it's just a full now on. Now it's going like, to be a gender yeah, discussion. Now it's a gender thing. So it's a slippery slope. You got to be careful. <laughs> I, I, I am going to get to a broader point, but the, the last thing I want to talk about with my friend Josh yep. um, uh, is, is he's going on and on about not how he's... Not troll Josh. Not troll Josh, just, just, just another friend. Um, or I don't even know if I would call him a friend. He's a guy that he's I know. Um, so uh, he goes on and on about what a scientist he is and all these things, <laughs> even though he's just like, he's just making the exact same uh, points that every, like, controversial blog makes like they're not without any elaboration I, i'm pretty sure a scientist would be mostly interested in the literature on the subject it's like yeah what do all the studies say what how do we correlate these things together scientists are generally eager to elaborate yes that's in fact what makes them <laughs> strip it down to its that's what essence. makes them alienating to most of society that's what makes people not get along with scientists because they're such eggheads yeah. that they're talking numbers and figures and other people are like oh i just want to talk so uh, so I post this study, and then he goes, I disagree with your numbers. I believe they've been doctored, and they were intentionally doctored to suggest an ev existence which is not real. I refuse to debate your numbers. I believe they're false, and I believe you're disingenuous for referring to them and trying to get the people to respond to them. Yeah. And it's like... What? 100% of trans people have maintained their transition to adulthood. And, and I see that statistic as just as, if not more important than any study. What, is that, what does that even mean? It's like, how do you have a statistic that's not a study? Those are the same. That's one and the same thing. It's like the, the statistic comes from the study. I, I, like, I, I Can just, you even make any sense of that, con that comment? No, well, <laughs> I just think that it's like, this isn't someone who really cares about the issue. They just care about being seen as someone who cares. I, I know I've probably... No, I know. Like this exact. It's just they want to be aligned or at least visibly aligned with the group that they feel is the most enlightened. And, that, and that's it. And it's not actually about like coordinating any kind of social or cultural change. It's just a, it's a flag waving thing. It's, it's, it's way worse than, so, than the, like, the really religious conservatives that I grew up who were very dogmatic. It's actually way worse. So when somebody says, I believe they've been doctored, they're intentionally doctored, they're, they're, this is just made up things. Like no Christian when I was growing up would have had, they would not have lacked the shame to say something so blatantly ideological. Yeah. Like, it's like, you're literally just, show, you're, you're like, listen here, buddy, my head is in the sand, yeah. I can't see what you're doing, don't worry, like, at least, at least, like, those, like, really militant Christians would have had some shame to try to at least make themselves appear as if they're considering evidence, even if they're not really. This is, this is way beyond that. This is at the point where it's like, it does, evidence is un- 
it's it's unreasonable. It doesn't matter. Rationality has nothing to do with anything. Now I sound like fucking Richard Dawkins or something who's not a human and is just a robot who's rationality. And it's like, that's not really the type of person that I am. But like, see how I'm being cornered into this way because I got people who are so fucking irrational that now all of a sudden I, Mueller's in Mr. Rational here. Like, so what type of bizarro world is this? I have two real world examples that I think sum up my feelings on, on this whole scenario or this kind of mentality. Um, there was this story I read a while back about uh, a black dude who would intentionally go around trying to befriend... Mem- yeah, this guy's great. ...befriend members of the KKK. Yeah, there's a Netflix documentary on him. I haven't actually seen that. I just read I just read briefly about it. Me and neither. I just like to... I saw the ad, so I like to tell everybody that there's <laughs> sure. a Netflix documentary on that. And <laughs> This episode brought to you by Netflix. Um, <laughs> no, but he would just go around and try to get to know members of the KKK, and he's like... He's a black dude, so they hate black people. Yeah. Just for some context for people who don't yeah. understand so that. So he's converted like well over like several hundreds. Like last I saw It's it over was, 200. Last I saw it was over 200, just as you're saying. Uh, and now they're like, they, they've like completely disavowed the KKK and then they're like friends with this guy and they're like, yeah, I realize he's, he's just like me. He's just, just another guy. Yeah, I realize I've been fed propaganda my entire life and uh, what do you know? Jesus was right and some <laughs> kindness goes a long way. So another, <laughs> another similar but quite different sort of story, uh, a lady by the name of Megan Phelps. A lot of people might recognize the last name Phelps. I'm not sure. talking about the swimmer, but talking about Fred Phelps, the leader or head of the West Baptist Westboro Baptist Church. Oh, okay. The God, yeah. the God hates fags guys. Yeah, the God thing. hates fags guys. They're the funniest <laughs> kind of guys too. <laughs> uh, she's the granddaughter of Fred Phelps, and she's she's about my some thirty something, like early early mid, I think like thirty three ish. Uh, she recently, uh, recently, it was probably like five or probably like five to ten years ago. Uh, left and disavowed the church and what had happened is she just got on like while she was a member of the church like she would go she was at these rallies as like a teenager holding up signs condemning gays and all this like protesting soldiers funerals like the really like the hardcore stuff like she was way into it and she would go on Twitter just to debate and argue with people like the the church's message and whatever and eventually she started uh, arguing with this one guy and he had points that she couldn't refute and like like stuff like 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 the teachings from the Bible and whatever. Sure. And she would ask, it's a good idea to appeal to people by the rules that they say that they follow. So this wasn't like a, a a hateful shouting match. This guy was actually like, I just want to have a conversation with you and understand why you feel these very, very uh, hostile and dogmatic things that you're doing. Um, and eventually, like, she would go back to her family and say, it's like, well, this guy, he said this, and I can't find anything in the Bible to refute what he's saying. And they say, I ah, don't worry about that. Don't engage. And they would just always just, just blow her off. And she realized it's because they didn't have an answer. Listen, I don't owe you any evidence at all because what you're saying is so outrageous. Yeah, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to honor that with a reply. <laughs> yeah. So now she's left the church. She's like, does regular talks about her experience like with, with the church and what it was like, like being a part of that family and blah, 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 blah. And not only that, but she also married this person. That, oh, wow. Like, like she got in a relationship with this person that... that, that, that wow, this that guy really did some missionary dating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he really went out of his way to get with this broad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, 
on that note, I highly recommend Joe Rogan did a podcast with her. Her name's Megan Phelps, and it, it's a fascinating, fascinating listen because she just talks about how, it, like, outside of their crazy things they do, they're at, like they were a very loving family and not like as cultish as most people would seem. Sure, there's just an interesting insight into it. Highly recommend. Point of all this, the story of this this black dude befriending KKK members and converting them, like easily able to convert them, and then this person on Twitter talking with like a hardcore Westboro Baptist person and easily converting them just by having discussion with them. There's this idea that taps into what you're talking about, this this Josh, this not troll Josh fellow you were yeah. arguing with, where they get this thing. It's like, well, I'm not even going to ignore Like, that's so outrageous or so hateful or whatever. I, I would be doing a disservice to even acknowledge it. Like, even acknowledging it is wrong because this world has no room for hate. But you're this going out of your way to tell me that instead of yeah. just not replying. So it's like having... The, the problem is, is that they've demonized you and threw you into the same category as racists and Nazis and it's wrong to even acknowledge them. We need to just stomp out the flame and not even discuss it because discussing it could actually maybe fan the flame. Yeah, so I, I, That's I, their I, argument, but it just doesn't hold up. The, like, the more you actually talk with people and get an understanding of why you think the way they do, it's like you're much more likely to relate to them and actually be able to find a common ground and also, it's like, well, they'll see that what you're saying is not so unreasonable. So this idea that, oh, you, well, you're just, what you're saying is just hateful, and I don't even have to acknowledge it. If you really want to get rid of hate, the best thing you could do is, is this sort of approach, I think. Yeah, just talk to people honestly and sincerely. I mean, I... Yeah, if they're, if they're just, like, a, it's just a shouting match and they're just being a jerk or whatever, yeah, you don't need to engage with that because it's not going to go anywhere. But if, if you have someone sitting in front of you that says, look, I want to talk, I have this viewpoint that's completely opposite than yours and I want to talk the healthiest thing you can do if you feel you're so enlightened is actually just talk with them and enlighten them rather than saying, well, I don't even, I'm enlightened, you're not, I don't even need to acknowledge you. Yeah, I think, I think it's that's... It's this weird elitism. That's out of insecurity too, I think, because it's oh, like, definitely. why wouldn't you be able to just engage with somebody if you felt... Like, it's like, oh, I'm un, I have this bubble of ideology around me and I'm very... I don't want you to pierce that pierce that bubble and, and, and make it all come down. These types of people, and I talk to them, it's clear in every single conversation they have no idea even what the conservative position is. It's always a caricature. Well, it's like, oh, well, they're just racist. They have an idea of what, like, the 1970s conservative. <laughs> and they're still arguing with that. When now it's more nuanced. I'm not going to say that none of it's relevant anymore and you can't relate kind of some of the traditional or com like almost comical traditional values to, to modern thinking. But it's much more nuanced, nuanced nowadays. I, don't, like, I think most young conservatives, even ones who are anti-gay marriage, don't have the same like, oh, I, just, I hate buggery and faggots. And <laughs> they're not like there's much buggery. more. Even if you, you think what they're saying is wrong and there's room for improvement or enlightenment or whatever, it's much more nuanced than that. Like people, most people, I think most people nowadays in Western countries, don't have a problem with, with homosexuals or trans people. They just have issues with certain aspects of it. It's much more nuanced. Yeah, I just hate that they have sex with men. <laughs> no, I'm just, <laughs> um, yeah, but it's like, I, I mean, I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on, the lib on like kind of the liberal position. It's like compassion is the number one value. Well, we should say you've come from that position. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I still, I still am a liberal, but it's like this, this radical. Anybody who's to the right of the radical left is a is a Nazi, like conservative fag hater. Um, yeah. So, so it's like, 
yeah, compassion is most important. Whatever has a veneer of compassion is the thing that I'm going to align myself with. If we say, oh, it's anti-bullying or helping minorities or whatever, those are the most important things. Like, I think I have a relatively good lock on what they're saying, right. but they have no idea what I'm saying. Hundreds of comments in, and like they like still don't not, know what I'm saying. They're not trying to engage you. Yeah, they this, don't. This is a perfect example of how they're not trying to engage you. They're just saying, look, you're just wrong, and you're, what you're saying is so hateful, I don't even need to acknowledge it. So this is... How much more do you have? This, this is how, like 40 well, fucking minutes. Yeah, this, this is how we get around to, you know, if you remember, I started I feel like this. like we've met the trans quota yeah. for this episode. Here. If you remember, I started this by saying why I wanted to talk about why today's people are such pussies. Yes, right? that was the tease. And, and, the, and, the this, is, and this is where we're, where we're getting into because you have people that are, they, they think this idea of this compassion being the highest value, they have yeah. no idea that... Combat compassion at... Any, at any, any cost. cost. It doesn't yeah. matter how much worse it'll make things in the long run. Like we need any cost. No yeah. How much as long as it appears compassionate, away. it's the right thing yes. to do. And you know what was really funny is in one of these comment things, I said, yeah, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. And he goes, what the hell are you talking about? That doesn't <laughs> make like any one, sense. One of the most well-known phrases. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's well-known, like, overused phrases. <laughs> extremely common. Yeah, but it, it complete, like the logic of it, completely eluded him. Yeah. Like, it was just like, what do you even mean? How does that make any sense at all? I was like, yeah, you know, it's a well-known proverb because it's like, it's not necessarily intuitive yep. that good intentions could bring a bad result. That's why it's a proverb because people who are naive and stupid yeah. might make that mistake. Yeah. They might let some guy, some heroin fucking drug addict into their house and he'll steal all their video games thinking they're doing a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's this common, people do a disservice to just conversation and other people and, and even themselves where they just cat they, they categorize people and they categorize like so hard it's like they categorize you into evil and and they categorize like evil like lumped in with nazis and race like the worst human scum ever and then they just they separate themselves and i i know i've probably said it on this podcast and i know i've said it to you a billion times there's a great martin scorsese quote when he was uh promoting uh pain and gain which is a movie about some terrible people that did some in real life that did that did you say martin scorsese scorsese yeah he was promoting pain and gain uh, or no, 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 sorry. He was talking about <laughs> Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I just know I saw, I saw this in a video related to Pain and Gain when he was promoting Wolf of Wall Street, uh, which is, yeah, some like Wall Street guys who uh, did some terrible They defraud things. everybody. Yeah, they defrauded people. And I don't remember what the question was, but he's something like, when people talk about these people, they like to say, oh, those people, those people did this horrible thing. And how could those people do that? And they talk about them like they're very different from themselves. And they're just trying to separate themselves from them as if we're all not you know, made up of the same stuff. Yeah, like, you're those fucking people. Like, like if, if they're humans, they have the same... Gen this is going way off. Martin Scorsese said it much more elegantly than me, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> and But yeah, it's like they're made up of the same basic genetic and DNA makeup. It's like under the right circumstances, in the right scenario, who's to say you couldn't fall into that? Because people hear about, you know, Nazi Germany stuff, and it's like, and they just view all Nazis, like this is beyond Hitler, like I'm talking like little grunts, like they're just, they were just these evil men that did these horrible things. It's like, they were just men, and you're just as corruptible as them. Like, yeah. so you can't, like, in or, like this idea that you can just say, well, they're just evil, and I don't have to talk with them. You're trying to do this separating thing, and I think it's, I think it's yeah, it's a flag waving, it's an entitlement thing. 
just a way to make themselves feel better about themselves. But the reality is, is that these are just people and you could, you could be that too. Another radical left contradiction, <laughs> you know, so, so the idea is, well, listen, it's not these people's fault. They can't pull up their bootstraps. They're this race. They're this minority. You know, if you were in their shoes, you would be in just as bad of a place. Oh, but this evil guy, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it, it works both ways. Dipshit. It's, People, like, are, people are more complicated than they're making them out to be. It's not, it's not so black and white. It's this weird gray where it's like people do terrible things not just because they're they're genetically terrible. They're just people are very nuanced and 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 philosophy and psychology and, and why people do the things they do. It's very complicated. What do you know? All those people that they just happen to be born in the South are racists. Like, you know, <laughs> all of those babies went down to the South. It's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is what I'm talking about people being such pussies though because they won't they're not willing to open themselves up and truly understand like if you're in Nazi Germany it's always like oh man those Nazis those bad guys it's like chances are you would have been the fucking Nazi because somebody would have put a gun to your head or something and like and or you know been teaching you a bunch of propaganda well, yeah, you've fallen you're for just, today's propaganda you're, you're certainly gonna fucking fall for Nazi you propaganda you up in that culture the odds are that you would you would also have been a Nazi if yeah you were. You there's a 95% chance raised in Nazi Germany <laughs> there's a 95% chance that you would have been either a Nazi or somebody who just lets them do what they do yeah and not the hero. There is a very, very slim chance that you would have been the fucking hero. Yes. And people talk about themselves as if that would have been them. So this is where you need to stop being such a pussy. Consider that you're the fucking evil one and then do something from there. And this is where I'm getting real Jordan peterson on you. You know, it's like, and I don't, I don't have a problem with that. But it's like the answer here is, okay, these people need help. We get it. What are all the things that we could do to help them and what are all the th bad things that could happen if we implement them? If we int introduce this sort of hate speech legislation, what's happened in the past with free speech? Is that, is that an amazing thing that we have in our culture or something that almost is never achieved in any culture? You know, how, do you, how, do you, how does this whole thing work? And, and actually consider all those things and consider that you might be wrong. I think there's a certain courage and like a certain strength in that. You and don't even have to necessarily consider that you might be wrong. It's just considering that perhaps there's just even one element that I'm overlooking. You have to consider that you'd be wrong. Otherwise, you won't think about it. Sure. You, get, you, you, you'll just, you just won't allow it. I'm just trying to make it less extreme for people. People, I think people don't like to consider that they could be doing something wrong, that they could be a Nazi in, so, in their, under the right circumstances, that they could be some hor horrible Wall Street scammer. They don't like to consider that. So I mean, I'm just trying to make it more palpable. Sure. It's like, well, maybe just consider there's something you're overlooking. Dude, maybe this, it's more complicated. This is like your fucking you know, misguided aunt who says weird shit to you, and, and you're just like, man, lady... You don't get me at all. You have no idea what I'm like. And it's like, I mean, this is the same thing. It's like, who would have thought that trying to argue for all these trans people's rights would annoy a lot of trans people who want to be left out of the limelight? Yeah. That's an unintended consequence. Do you think there may be more uh, coming along the way? So this is my problem with this empty, blind compassion. It's like, I mean, what I just listed out, all those steps... It was all about helping somebody, yeah. but it's about being smarter about it. Yes. And these fucking people, it's like, hey, why don't we be smarter about it? And it's like, well, you hate trans people and you have to be compassionate and, and anti-bullying. And it's like, yeah, but anti-bullying doesn't work. And it's like, well, you're like, it, there's no actual articulate anything. And it just drives me fucking nuts because these radical leftists have, have stolen this language of compassion. 
Know, and it's like now you're getting very Jordan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't say postmodern neo-Marxists yet here, Look, Andy. If you had said it in a more Kermit the Frog style voice, I would be fooled into thinking <laughs> it's directly in front of me. It, but but I, I I I find it very difficult even to take that back to say, listen, I'm I have a lot of compassion towards people who are struggling in their lives too. Like I, you know, I might actually do something in real life to I help them. I was actually <laughs> about to say it's funny. Like what you're talking about is more like what you can do as a person to have an impact. Uh, and but they're just saying no, no. Let's just get the government to do it and we'll stop. <laughs> like, yeah, we don't have to do anything. Let them take care of it. Yeah, and some of the people I argue with, I know, like they they do things in their life, sure. and I don't want to lambast them. But some of them fucking don't, and then they talk to Definitely. you like you're like you're the deep shit. Don't. Yeah, it's like it's most the, people making these sorts of. It's the biggest. Right it's the biggest slacktivist shit. But um, yeah. So I mean, the only thing that I I'm trying to take from this is like I do not want to cede the language of compassion over to over to people like this because it's like they're not compassionate because you have to yeah i think, think they have, have the monopoly on compassion to real to yeah and if it's easy then you fucking don't yeah. because like actually having good compassion towards my roommate who stole all my shit right now <laughs> that's not actually so easy no you know i, I actually kind of want to be like well drug dealers are pieces of shit and let's just march them off yeah. sorry dr uh drug addicts but you know that's not true you know i know people who recover and they do good things and they're people and it's like you actually have to wrestle with something difficult but it's so easy for me. The government told me what to, <laughs> to yeah. what to think. Well, it's probably not like a true sort of compassion. So, um, compassions for the weak. As I've always said. As I've always said. Do we want to do yeah. an ad read and then actually get into movies here? Break it up here, <laughs> like an hour almost. Oh, I think I was trying to make a point about how me not being bothered by my roommate allows me to be more compassionate, and uh, how people—that's why people shouldn't be weak pussies. I was trying to tie those two stories together, but I mm -hmm. kind of got got away from me. So uh, let's get to our most hated movie ever. Do you want to break it up with anything? Week. Just go right into it. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's go right into it. All right. The by the way, officially our longest pre-game banter, I think. I don't know. Last week's was pretty fucking long. We, we had no, a, we no, that, was only, that, that was with Venom. As I think one time we had a bathroom conversation with Papa Murphy's that almost hit the hour <laughs> mark. So this is in competition for that. Um, <laughs> that's pretty good. So our most hated movie ever of the week is sort of not really. Sorry, is Bohemian Rhapsody? No, we hate it. I hate this movie. I absolutely hate it. I this absolutely horrible, hate, horrible I hate this movie. movie. Uh, why don't you take away some synopsis so people know what uh, this movie so is I about? So actually, I just have the back of the VHS that I'm going to read up, that I'm going to read off of, because it sums it up uh, pretty, pretty well. The description? Yeah. Um, finally, the long-awaited prequel to Freddy Krueger's story. All you idiots thought he died in a fire like a sucker. But in this all-new expose, we learn it was actually... AIDS that fucked his face up so bad. Now, Freddy's out to get revenge. Revenge on the children that gave him AIDS. How did the children give him AIDS, you ask? You sick fuck. How do you think? <laughs> Can Freddy bang enough children to cure him of the very same AIDS he got from banging children in the first place? Catch it in theaters to find out the erotic journey of Freddy and his AIDS. <laughs> That's basically what the movie was about. We got pretty lucky that we had two episodes in a row that the main character was Freddy. <laughs> Freddy. <laughs> so, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is the queen. The, <laughs> the, the well, that description felt off. Maybe we should actually say it. I don't <laughs> is, know what this cover is talking about. It's good. Uh, it, is the queen uh, biopic, the Freddie Mercury biopic, yeah, uh, who is the lead singer of the band Queen. Biographical movie uh, about Freddie Mercury. So, uh, he has AIDS and then he died of AIDS and that's all you need to know. Really, it, like the story is not like heavy on his diagnosis. Really, it's more just the story of his 
rise to fame and how it affected him as a person. Yeah. And leading up to their renowned performance at uh, Live Aid. Yeah. Big televised concert. Two billion people watched Live Aid. It was, you know, that was a real event in this yep. biopic. Uh, so I think 1.9 was to be exact. Uh, so pretty much the biggest concert in the, the world, I think. Like, I think that's big, much bigger than Woodstock. I mean, certainly at the time, but yeah, it's probably still. I've never I'm heard of something. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't even heard of Didn't it. They, they did one like 10 years later or something. I remember a big televised thing like Metallica or yeah. shit. See, we'd never do a Live Aid today because we'd be like, well, you know, uh, you can't just give African stuff because like you know they're just gonna waste it and you're gonna put the shoemakers out of work and uh you know it's very complicated <laughs> it's, it's like saying that? well you know how it's like how um helping third world countries has become much more nuanced now right yeah. it's not just giving people money or doing a short-term missions trip it's like oh well short-term missions doesn't work because you're not because fixing you're just making yourself feel better place. yeah i remember here i remember a story about uh one of my friends who like they had a bunch of teenage girls go and build a house or something. And it's like, of course they're fucking teenage girls. So at nighttime, the Mexicans just came out and demolished their <laughs> work it. and then redid yeah. it. And it's but they like, were bringing cash. Yeah, but they're bringing cash. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, they might as well just hired these Mexicans to build yeah. it for, for themselves or whatever. Well, um, they were bringing in revenue for them. So yeah. And it's like, well, Tom, Tom's shoes, you know, they give away a pair of shoes to, uh, for every pair you buy. That was their whole selling thing. But it's like, well, now you've put all the shoemakers out of work uh, yeah. in that region. And then, once you stop giving shoes to them, no one knows how to make shoes. So I guess no one can get their well, it's shoes. It's not that fixed. no one knows it, but that the businesses are way they are. out of business. Yeah, they're way out of business. So, so people can learn to make shoes again. As much as I'm making fun of us for being more nuanced, it does sound pretty smart, but it's like, but yeah, but it makes it really hard to get behind a cause that you think will work because people need to know, hey, I'll give money and it'll help the Africans. The end. So that's, yeah. that's how simple it needs to be. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. you can't have 2 billion people watching. Um, so it's worth noting about this movie, uh, and I think that's why we chose this movie to do an episode about is how bad, it, how poorly it's being reviewed. Like you go on Rotten Tomatoes and it has something like 55 or 59, somewhere in that range, percent. Yes, yeah, so what I had it's heard... It's doing real bad. So what I had heard about... Critically. What I heard about this movie on the internet was... Um, Obviously, Freddie Mercury is long dead, and, it, and it's the band behind it. So the synopsis was, yeah, Freddie Mercury dies halfway through the movie, and then the rest of the movie is just a circle jerk with the band, like talking about how great they, they are. And, yeah. uh, and the other thing I heard was Sasha Cohen Barron, who's Sasha known for... Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> he's got one of those names. Yeah. Um, is, uh, you know, he's famous for Borat and uh, Bruno and Ali G. Yeah. Um, he was going to be Freddie Mercury, but he, he walked out because he thought the, the vision sucked or something something like that. Well, so what I had read, uh, and this is part of, again, another thing in conjunction with the poor reviews, why I thought this would be a good <laughs> movie for this show, um, was that Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah, he was originally like, it's not even that they were considering them, like he was, he was in, like he, they, they, they cast him and everything. They hadn't started filming or anything, but he left the project when he was arguing with the band and then the producers, whatever, that he wanted the story to be the movie to be more about the story of his personal life and, and his, his romantic relationships and that he left because they weren't exploring that at all. 
and then yeah, it's like I heard stuff about uh, how the band made the movie more about like them as a band and less about Freddie Mercury. It wasn't really that. Basically, it wasn't really a movie about Freddie Mercury. It's a yeah, it's a movie about I, Queen. It's disguised as a movie about <laughs> Freddie Mercury because he's got the he's got the front man look like he did all these. And then years. I hear that and I think ah, oh, but Queen like Freddie Mercury like I don't want to say he made Queen like definitely the guitar work and and instrumentals. Like, nah, he, fu- he made. They definitely Queen. did it. But when you think about it, it's like he's the poster child for it. Like he's the most fascinating persona. Most Who's certainly the so only if people. I, if I think of a movie coming out that's about queen and 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 about freddie mercury but it but it doesn't have much about freddie mercury i think oh that sounds real bad then the reviews come out and they're all pretty poor and i think oh it's probably everything they said is is true this movie has nothing it's just about queen and it's not about freddie it's mercury some, the more fascinating persona it's some garbage fluff piece like some empty biopic which is why i don't like seeing biopics by the way because yes. i find them usually you know quite quite awful yeah um and and uh, it was it was fine. Yeah, I was I was ready to go into it. I was like, oh, I bet this is going to be some case where the band's been, like the actual band members have been frustrated for years that whenever people think of Queen, they just think of Freddie Mercury, and now they're actually using this movie to be like, no, it was all about us. Like that's what I was running and expecting. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to be able to shit all over this. We're going to be laughing it up in the theater, poking fun at this, and really, we were mostly just quiet watching the movie because yeah. it's pretty good. It's not amazing. It's not mind blowing. It's not like it's oh my god. It's just incredible. But it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. So I was I, shocked. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> I was, I was I a was little surprised as well. So my most hated movie ever this week is the uh, Freddie Mercury movie poster. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Fuck, I forgot all about that poster. It's so bad. Oh, yeah, the poster, that maybe that's what everyone was reviewing. Yeah, this is some poster. pretty awful marketing. They have so that so the the production company, the studio has gone in and planted all these rumors on Reddit that it's a shit movie, and then they've made some awful poster and then had all this controversy so everyone thinks it's going to be garbage, and yeah. then they go and see it and they're like, "Oh, it's actually pretty good." It's a brilliant marketing campaign. Yeah, Get everyone to think it's a terrible movie I before mean, they see it. That is the most packed theater I've been in in a while. It wasn't full, but it was near full. It was very full. I haven't been in a theater like that for quite a while. I wasn't expecting the Freddie Mercury movie to be that, to be that packed. So yeah, I was very surprised actually. Um, I mean, so yeah, the movie just follows his life. He's like this packy guy. Uh, he he's he walks very effeminately and talks very effeminately. You can tell he's pretty gay. Uh, we were with one of my friends last night, and like halfway through the movie, he like he goes into this truck stop to have butt sex with some trucker or whatever. And uh, you're making it sound like your friend did this. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry. The way you no, Freddie, Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Freddie Mercury does that on screen, and then my friend goes. Uh, Wait, Freddie Mercury's gay? Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean Freddie Mercury's gay? He died of gay AIDS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you- also beyond that, even if you don't know how he died or whatever, he's just like seeing any footage of him like longer than 30 seconds. Like he's the most flamboyantly gay. It would be more shocking if he was straight. Yeah, yeah that like, would be shocking. Like he epitomizes like a, a, a gay personality. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like he's very flamboyant. No, he makes gay, like you said last night, cool. He does. It's like he's the most like blatantly gay dude. Like the mustache, all his getups, like his dance moves to rock music and whatever. But, but It's so like the most blatantly gay, but it's really cool. He makes He's the coolest gay guy ever, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so he has that. 
he has that pretty long haircut with like bangs for mo- like half of, at least half of the movie. Yeah. And then and then he gets that 80s haircut, you know, that that like I don't know what to call it, but it's like he's got short hair, he's got the big mustache, like the super trooper's mustache or whatever you want to call, it, right? Like yeah. maybe that's everyone knows shit. what Freddie Mercury. Yeah, Freddie Mercury is he's got that mustache. Well, apparently not everyone knows he was gay, so maybe I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. So I got to say by the way, my dad looked exactly like that in the eighties. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like my dad looked exactly like Freddie Mercury, and I think that is that's pretty hilarious. Other than I think being a little more bald than Freddie Mercury, but he's got that same mustache, that same kind of. Even though we're German, he's got that kind of packy looking skin, like you know, you, or whatever. Did your dad have AIDS? My dad did not have AIDS. Okay. So, well, that's good. That's where the similarities end. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Freddie Mercury is. I mean, I've always liked Queen. When I was in middle school, people called me the Queen Kid. Because Are you I- sure it was about your, your, your like of the band Queen? I mean, now that you're pointing that out, maybe uh, maybe there was a double entendre going going on there. But I loved Queen. Like in at the you know grade six, seven, eight. Are you like sure I thought it was an N at the end of the word, and not an R. Um, I I I want to say I'm, I'm I'm looking at this this post this poster still. I did like a Google image. It looks like a Bollywood movie. Poster. Yes, it totally it does. Like, it it's just like this, looks like something not American and like a lower budget thing. Like it's this purple poster. It's got his aviators on, yeah. but it looks like the colors are really warped. You know, it re- Bollywood is really the best way to put it. He kind of doesn't. He, he doesn't even look like Freddie Mercury on the poster. It looks like a dude with a mustache wearing aviators. It doesn't look... I mean, we were in the middle of the movie, and I remember I just saw uh, just a random shot of him in the aviators. I was like, they should have just screen-capped that and made that the poster, because that would have been better than what they got. Because, yeah. yeah, this poster is shit. It just... And, like, in the glasses, it has this really clean, like, Adobe Illustrator-styled vector it looks text. So that, and it says Queen, and it's yeah. like, why didn't they use the Queen logo? <laughs> like, like they, uh, the band is making this movie. I think they can use their they own logo. They couldn't get the rights for it. They couldn't get the rights for their own logo. Yeah, he, he it looks like such a hack fraud movie. Um, and what's the what's the main actor's name who plays Freddie Mercury's? Oh, he's Anton Fisher. No, Rami Malek. <laughs> yeah, he is really good. So this is another thing, and you don't even need to watch the movie uh, to know it. Is it? It is shocking. Absolutely shocking how much this guy looks like Freddie Mercury. Well, even my dad could have played him, so maybe Freddie Mercury is really easy to <laughs> easy to emulate. No, like I know, so they gave him prosthetic teeth teeth uh, to look more like Freddie Mercury. But man, with the mustache and everything, like like they do uh, like direct like one to one reshoots of some popular live performances of Queen. That, like I've saw most most of them that make it into the movie, I had seen that exact performance like on YouTube clips right. or whatever. And man, it, it, it really is more than any biographical movie I've ever seen about like a, a known person. Uh, this is the most I think an actor has ever looked like uh, the person they're performing as. Well, it would have been better if we had gotten Johnny Depp to play him. <laughs> you always need Johnny Depp to play a, the biographical player uh, role. Um, no, it's it's incredible. I mean, I mean, so I think they talk about this thing where he has extra teeth in his mouth, and that's why his mouth looks so big and weird. And uh-huh. he made, uh, he makes kind of a. I don't think it's really a joke. Like I think it was supposed to be an explanation, but it's not true at all. Um, that he's like, oh, I've got extra room in my mouth, so my I've got more vocal power because I've got a bigger cavern yeah. uh, or whatever. And it's like Freddie Mercury did have basically superhuman vocal cords like he oh, had yeah. an insane so, range uh, that people don't know he's the michael phelps of singing 
basically. Not the Fred Phelps. Not not Fred Phelps. <laughs> Michael Phelps, the si- the swimmer who is basically yeah, a superhuman yeah, yeah. swimmer that no uh, one can beat. I will say, like, uh, as much as we've argued in the past about like the objectivity and subjectivity of of art, and I don't view it as this objective thing, like it's more personalized and an opinion, whatever. Like I, I mean, anyone who's listening to this podcast enough or knows me, uh, like I'm a big metalhead guy, like crazy death metal and whatever. Uh, like I don't do a lot of listening to this sort of music. I do like Queen, but it's not something I listen to often. But I think it's like it's the closest I can say to like someone being objectively the best in a musician field. Like it's like he to me is like probably certainly one of, if not like the greatest singer to have ever lived. Like beyond just his vocal, like his his vocal range and the vocal melodies he he comes up with are incredible. But also like as a performer. Like oh yeah. It's, it's just like you watch YouTube videos of him, like just interacting with the crowd, like that thing he does that everyone knows. Um, and it's like, you can get goosebumps just watching a YouTube video of him. It's like, man, being there must've been fucking crazy. Yeah, and, and it's something they nailed in this movie. You know, I mean that live aid concert at the end was probably 15 minutes. Like they, yeah. they basically just had a concert at the end of the movie. Yeah. And, and I was like, the real set was only like 20 minutes in real life. Too. Yeah. And, and I was like, this is awesome. So one of the things I think the movie did super well was, um, they showed a lot of music. Like there yeah, was, there was like, a lot of music performance. If you had never even heard of Queen before, like if you're a young kid, which is probably a lot of young people today, and you yep. saw this movie, you'd probably leave that movie being like, "Man, I actually really like Queen's music," yep. you know. And and I think that they were able to capture the sensation of like you, you're talking about, like him performing and getting yes. goosebumps just watching it. Like I think that they captured some of that sensation in the movie, which is like, you know, that maybe it's an easy thing to do because he's such a larger than life character, or maybe it's a really hard no, thing to do. No, it's more than you know? that. Like you definitely, you got to give uh, props to the actor again of like beyond just looking like him. Like he got like his on stage like persona, like the way he moves, his gravitas, the way he carries himself. You know, like there was times where watching this movie and again it's like i don't think it's the greatest movie ever so this is going to sound like i just yeah it really sounds like we're just sucking this movie's Um, dick here but it really don't want to get aids though so don't suck it anytime it did like it showed some of the musical performances like the way he carried himself it's like something you can almost forget while watching this movie that you're not actually watching freddie mercury right Right, totally like just because especially when he's moving and dancing you don't get close-ups of his face because his his eyes are a a bit different like the real life the actor that played him like he's he's a little bit different like he's not perfect but he's very close but when he's moving around he's doing the dance moves and whatnot and, and playing with like the mic stand that 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 freddie mercury would always carry while he sung it's like you're watching Freddie Mercury. Like he got the moves and the way he carried himself just perfectly. I'm going to go ahead and say that Rami Malek looks more like Freddie Mercury than (laughs) Freddie Mercury Mercury does. (laughs) Because the thing about Freddie Mercury though, is that you watch all these music videos. He has kind of a different look in each one, slightly different. So it's hard to pinpoint him down. Having this very consistent look of Freddie Mercury in the movie. It's like, well, this is what Freddie Mercury looks like. Well, also most clips you're watching are Freddie Mercury. Like 240p. 480p at best. (laughs) Uh, So now you're watching this person HD and you're like, Man, they got it. Queen got it wrong all those years ago. This is what Freddie Mercury actually. I am like. very curious to know what it would have been like with Sasha Baron Cohen. Well, that is interesting because it, maybe it would have been worse. But maybe it would have been all about sex and stuff. He's also and, so much older. Like the the actor Rami Malek. Like, yeah, he's, he's pretty, pretty young. Pretty young dude. He's like thirty something. Yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen's probably like pushing fifty now. Yeah. And well. this is a movie about a young Freddie Mercury. I mean, he didn't live too old. So, but they show him as like a teenager, and as he first joins the band, all the way up until that some of their final performances. Uh, 
it, it, yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen's a bit too old for that. So it's it's looking at what the movie and the script actually was. Like it, it's almost weird that they would have chosen him. Like he obviously looks like Freddie Mercury, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, he's, yeah. If you want to, he would have pulled off the role, I think, because he's yeah, you know, he's so. got the skills. Um, he, he was a fine choice. Do you want to uh, make some money here before we continue on? Always. All righty, here. Introducing Nestle Icicle Bars. When the days outside are hot and your province is completely on fire, you're going to want a Nestle Icicle Bar. It's a new gluten-free organic treat to help you cool off. No flavoring, no taste, just the sweet feeling of icicle bars. In the midst of our 10-degree weather today. <laughs> yes, well, this is, uh, this is probably more relevant during the summer. Maybe they should have paired their ads with us uh, to be part of their seasonal marketing plan. But Yes, they and not you. Yes, it's them. <laughs> they, 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 they've, uh... So, uh, yeah, so I think these icicle bars, I've tried a few. They're pretty great. They don't taste like anything at all, and they're just some a nice ice treat to, to cool you down when you're hot. Uh, thanks to our sponsor. <laughs> thanks to our sponsor uh, for that. So They're selling us ice cubes. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> back back. They're they're Nestle's icicle bars, okay. not ice cubes. Um, <laughs> My yeah. most hated movie ever this week is the critics of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so two things regarding the actor. Uh, one thing that I thought they were smart enough to know not to do is to have like the actor actually sing the parts. Oh God. Uh, because I know they've done that in some other previous, uh, biopic picks about, uh, singers or performers. Like you remember that movie walk the line. Did you ever see that one? About uh, John yeah. Cage? I, I remember seeing Wait, it. Wait, so sorry. Is that, is that the one with, uh, John C. Riley? No, no, is that that that's that one's Walk Hard, yeah. the Dewey cut? Yeah, I think it's a parody of Walk yes, the Line. Okay, okay. So uh, no, it was, it was, I shouldn't mix those up. It was a biopic about Johnny Cash, uh, played by uh, Joaquin Phoenix, and he actually performed the song, right? Which is fine. Like I actually remember liking that movie. I don't remember much about it now because I haven't seen it since it first came out. But because uh, Johnny Cash didn't have like a crazy range or anything, uh, and I've but I've definitely seen other movies where they have the actors perform the songs and they do pretty good, but it doesn't like, you can tell it's not them like the actual person. Right. They were smart enough not to attempt that with Freddie Mercury. Cause I don't think anyone can. And, and like anyone can. And I think there are definitely singers that have a better range than him that could like technically hit the notes or whatever. But yeah, it's like when I was talking about the way he carried himself and his gravitas and whatnot, it's like that actually like made his way into his voice, like watching some of his performances and, or listening to some of his performances and, uh, like the way he would change, just subtly change some of the vocal melodies to kind of match his performance. Like, yeah, it's like, no, I don't think it would have been real bad if they had tried to do that. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, you made a comment to me yesterday that, that you thought that it was just, they just took like recordings of Freddie Mercury, which I was like, no, I don't think that that's the case at all. And I thought that was the yeah, case. Yeah, no. So there's a guy named Mark Mattel who is, uh, oh, really? apparently he's like a really good queen imitator, he must be which is real fucking good because like you were convinced compliment. that it was the original recordings Up from Up until uh, you said Freddie that because he never told me that before this recording, so I assumed it. I assumed they just took the live recording of him. No. Well, no. hats off to him then. Great job, Mark. Um, <laughs> the good good thing, work. Though, so I've never, 
I've never like I'm not a huge Queen guy. I enjoy Queen mostly. I'm just familiar with a lot of their singles. The singles, mostly. Just the only the ones you need to. What do you want to do? Listen to the fucking Flash Gordon soundtrack. Like, what are you gonna listen to of Queens? That's not the singles. <laughs> like, yeah. even as the Queen kid, it's like I just have the the you know the top but, the forty greatest hits. That's all you need. So I've never really seen any like interviews with Freddie Mercury. So I don't really know how he talks. But you made a comment, I think, like midway through the movie to me and. Uh, uh, just saying, what is this, Bane? Because it sounded... <laughs> he did sound like... Was, I don't know if that's what Freddie Mercury sounds yeah, Bane, like. Bane from The Dark Knight or... But wait, it, no, sorry, the next one, the Batman. Bane from The Dark Knight Rises. The like, Dark Knight Rises, Definitely... Yeah. Not that Bane. <laughs> and like, yes, Batman. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he sat... There were just a few times when he was talking a bit lower. I was like, this guy sounds just like Bane. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm just... I'm half expecting him, like, you merely adopted the gaze. <laughs> I was born in it, molded by it. But I didn't see the AIDS until I was already a man. And by then, to me, it was nothing but blinding. <laughs> like it really, there was a few times, not always, but there was a few times where it sounded like Bane. I couldn't could hear that, that Bane like crackle in his voice. See, here's what I thought was missing from this movie. Okay. How many people did Freddie Mercury give AIDS to? <laughs> <laughs> Because they show him having all these, you know, gimp parties with guys in leather and like, you know, all these gay sex orgies and which apparently he was really known for too. So that wild you know, parties. And yeah, whatever. just wild gay parties. I, th I think what they missed out is that I think he also had a lot of parties uh, when I was kind of checking the critics, like he had a lot of non-gay parties too, sure. <laughs> like just with his friends, dinner parties, very. And like, I thought they did a really good job. Um you know, his, he gets married at the beginning of the movie, so right yeah. away you're like, okay, well, she's fucked because, like, this guy's gay as hell. Well, also, it's showing that, like, uh, me personally, like, I didn't know that he was bisexual. I, I, I actually I don't he, think that he is. Oh, okay. Well, either he way. He says I, that in the movie, but I thought that was. Okay, but I didn't, well, to the point, like, I, I have to look it up. I now. didn't know he was married or had any, like, notable uh, okay. female, like, to the point of marriage. Like, I assumed, you know, I know most people, like, most gay people have pretty complicated upbringing and trying to discover who they are if you realize that they're gay or whatever. <laughs> but, like, he got full on married. Like, I didn't know that. We got a, I got a great headline looking this up. Okay. Bohemian Rhapsody doesn't straight wash, but it's confused about yeah, Freddie Mercury's sexuality. Straight washing. I love it. So here's, here's the thing. This is me uh, criticizing the critics again of, of this movie. It's because I remember seeing all sorts of stuff that it's like, yeah, this movie's just about Queen. And it's just about how popular they got. And it really doesn't at all showcase his personal life at all. Like I saw that tons in the reviews. And I thought it completely did. It got to a point where like he buys a big house, like he's like he's at the peak of their fame. And then but all the rest of the band members, like they have they're married and have kids and a family, so they don't want to party as much. And he has this nice little kind of one-on-one -on -one interaction with another guy, and he talks about how uh he's he he has trouble dealing with the in-between moments, like the between huge shows and crazy parties, like when he's just like alone, just being like just just doing whatever he has pro problems dealing with those things like really getting into who he that's who he was as a person like he really was his stage persona and he had difficult not being his stage persona so that's why he's always throwing these parties that was a nice little like showcase into into that that side of his life but the critics were still like no you don't really learn anything about freddie Mercury. It's like what do you, you learn like I, I felt like that was actually a nice little exploration of him as a person yeah, more than just as more well, than just queen. I mean, his wife, who you know, I guess they they get divorced, but like uh, she was his friend till like the end of time. She's the only person who had Until his. Till he died, yeah. Yeah, she has his ashes. Is the only one who knows where they are. 
Yeah. Like it's like, so I thought that that was kind of like, I, I was reflecting on that. I was like, you know, he talks about her like she's his, she's like, like he, he said, Freddie Mercury said in interviews too that she's like his soulmate, even though, you know, like they're not, they're not married or doing it or nothing. But it's like, you know, because he's got the AIDS. But um, do you want to know my favorite part of this movie? <laughs> my favorite part of the movie was when. Uh, there's a scene where Freddie Mercury is just playing the piano and his, like the band producer or whatever is just, they're just about to record an album. He's kind of writing some new riffs on the piano or whatever. And then the dude comes over and they're kind of, Oh kind yeah, of this talking, scene. <laughs> they're kind of talking to each other pretty intensely. Like there's definitely some, some, I mean, this guy's got a gay mustache. Yeah. Like, you know, this guy was uh, talking to him and then, and then, and then the guy really like aggressively gives him a kiss and Freddie Mercury's like, he's kind of into it, but he kind of shoves him away. Cause it hasn't really explored that side. It's of not his a life full yet. rejection. It's like a half rejection. But during the kiss in the theater, it's a pretty packed theater. There's this lady that sounded like we were way at the front cause we got there pretty late, but, uh, there's a lady. All Almost in shame lane, close, by the way. Close, but not quite. Very close. Um, there's a lady all the way pretty far back in the theater, by the sounds of it. Uh, as like as the guy kissed, kissed Freddie, she just went, ooh, like pretty, <laughs> pretty loud. And everybody and started laughing. And the theater started laughing, and I thought it was great, because it's like this really like intimate telling moment in the story, like very impactful. That they it was did, like a scandal that to they her. did a pretty good job of, and you hear some lady like, ooh. <laughs> took all the weight out of the <laughs> but I loved it I thought it was hilarious there was another good My comment because there were some children behind us uh, watching this movie by the way why were so many people bringing their like seven and eight year olds to this movie I thought that was just totally bizarre why would they want to watch bizarre in what way because I kind of agree, but kind of disagree. Well, why are they going to watch a want to watch a biopic about some okay. dead guy? Yeah, like, no, I, I kind of agree. Like it's like they're like these kids were pretty young. I'm going to say maybe ten at, at most. I mean, also, I, really I don't want to see either. these kids seeing gay <laughs> yeah. guys on the screen. Some gay shit. <laughs> oh. That's that like redneck meme where he says yeah, yeah, something yeah. almost politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's like they must have been just pretty bored because it's not like a fun time movie. It's a drama movie in essence. Yeah, so then... Uh, this About a person they've never heard of likely. When he gets diagnosed at the very end of the movie, uh, the kid behind us is like, he's got the AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> and it was definitely a kid young enough to be like pretty innocent and whatever. I was just like, that's great. That's that's pretty good. So this IndieWire article that I read that headline about how Bohemian Rhapsody doesn't straight wash. Uh -huh. uh, I gotta I gotta read this paragraph for you because yeah. you're gonna love it. Not only does the movie frame queerness negatively, <laughs> yes. Being queer I, in the I, fucking seventies was maybe not like that easy. I knew while watching it that someone would have. And he has like these like conservative like Pakistani parents or some shit. Yeah. Like yes, uh, but it completely erases Mercury's bisexuality, preferring an either or view. By all accounts, Mercury slept with men and women throughout his life, including the Austrian actress Barbara Valentine, who remained a close friend until his death. But they did explore that in the movie. Yeah, he literally says... Very I, distinctly in long periods of the movie. That, that actress that plays his wife is a main character, basically. Like, she's yeah. in it throughout the entire movie. He literally says... I'm bisexual. <laughs> uh, in the and he also says says to her and several people that she understands him in a way that nobody else will. Yeah. Uh, in in <laughs> so. the in the mo movie when Mercury tells Austin he likes boys too, that's not what he said. He said I'm bisexual. Yeah. Uh, she says, "Freddie, you're gay." By erasing his bisexuality, that the never happened. she never <laughs> even said that. She had, she said she, she did say know. that. 
Did she? Say yeah, it? yeah. She kind of she kind of muttered it like it was pretty. It was pretty small. By erasing his bisexuality, the movie reinforces a heteronormative view of queerness and says it through a straight mouthpiece. See, I I had a feeling while watching this uh, because this Freddie Mercury, if he read that fucking paragraph, would just shoot himself in the head. Yeah. <laughs> so this 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 dude that 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 kissed him in the scene, like his producer or whatever, like he's he's another one of Freddie's just uh, friends and partners throughout the entire movie. But in the end, he like he becomes almost like a Yoko Ono type character who pits him against his band. And then Freddie gets so hard into like the party and lifestyle that he, he doesn't realize that, uh, that the people around him, like the band queen, like they kind of like the friends and the friends and close family were more important than the partying. And I knew while watching it, some people would be like, this movie has an anti gay lifestyle agenda <laughs> because, because <laughs> in the end he like rejects that party lifestyle and gets back together with queen and reconnects with the people m most important to him beyond just like a party lifestyle. And of course at the exact, I knew some people would have a problem at, with if that. the exact things are reversed, like a uh, wolf of wall street, <laughs> where, yeah. like a, where he's just having 90 women over yeah. uh, to have sex with like people would be like, this is sexist, misogynist against women. Yeah. <laughs> like, like nobody would be, nobody's approving of that because like yeah it turns out that having a bunch of orgies isn't the greatest thing for your health <laughs> yeah like going into adulthood like well into adulthood and you're still like partying while everyone around you is having kids and kind of settling down it's like this had nothing to do with like a rejection of his gayness it had a it had to do with him coming to the realization of what's important with him as a lifestyle whether it was a hard party lifestyle gay or not or just you know realizing the people that are more that are actually close to him that yeah. actually know him and they cover this thing you know about like him not liking himself and that's why he's living out this way you know he's like well I have this horse mouth and yeah. it looks awful so like I'm gonna they go and have his, a bunch of sex with his insecurities and his vulnerabilities yeah totally as everyone has I think maybe they usually the most interesting part about a yeah. story about a person I think they could have explored those a little deeper sure um, you know like I, I, honestly the most valid criticism I had saw on like from critics was just while well, it's uh, it's a bit cookie cutter like it's yes. kind of for fault you know nothing too super special so, other than the concert stuff which I just thought was awesome yeah, and, and I thought they like they did a good job of showing um, how they came up with some song ideas and stuff and you know we will rock you and they're yeah. they're like hey you know we saw the audience was singing our songs back to us at this huge concert and we like the idea we of them promote that idea yeah we, we like, like the idea of them kind of being part of the band so we need to come up with something really simple with that. Yeah. Or we will rock you, and yeah. and it's like yes, I'm sure they didn't actually write that song in 98 seconds like it showed on the movie, <laughs> but, but it's it a gave movie. it gave you like those are the that's the gist of the thought. Yeah, you know they captured the the spirit of of what made them write such a song, which is really cool. Like uh, like I think that they showed just the theater of Queen really good. Well, so I have real good. I have. Two theories as to why this movie hasn't reviewed so well. One more left. I'm shocked. Like, I would have thought that the female Ghostbusters, uh, <laughs> like, uh, syndrome would have kicked in and everyone would be terrified to review the movie from, you know, oh, yeah, it's an anti-gay reviewer, but... Uh, Actually, nobody likes the gays anymore. It's like what I said earlier. It's uh, like, you know, oh, well, uh, all these gay people are being misdiagnosed as trans. It's like, it, fuck them. It's trans people today. Now, that's that's pushing our agenda now. All right, listen, pal. We've already met the trans quota. Yeah, for yeah. Well, I got more gay talk soon. <laughs> my, my theory being, or one of my theories as to why this didn't review well, I saw a bunch of reviews saying kind of what you were saying about how uh, it didn't quite 
capture like the spirit of Freddy, like his 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 aura and and like I like saying stuff. Yeah, it's like it didn't really capture his larger than life thing. Which a when it comes to the musical performance is dead wrong because those were they did a great job capturing that. But, I, I would have liked to seen more costumes. Um, there was only three or four. It did feel a bit more. Uh, I don't like to say quite stripped down, but more grounded, I guess, than than some other biopic movies I've seen. Like they didn't. Yeah, it's like they didn't glorify things too much. Like you were saying with, with them coming up with the idea for uh, the We Will Rock You song. Is that what it's called? We Will Rock We Will you? Rock You, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's like they just, they just like you said, they didn't actually write that in 90 seconds. But for the purposes of the movie, they had to, they had to just capture the essence of it. And the thing is, like, you're never, when you're talking about someone like Freddie Mercury, who's like, uh, like maybe the poster child for larger than life, especially in terms of his performances and whatever. Yeah, him and Michael Jackson, man. Like the idea that's... of criticizing a movie for not capturing that, it's like, you didn't capture masterpiece, basically. <laughs> it's like, you didn't, this wasn't a masterpiece, because it's like Freddie Mercury in terms of performance is like, that's a masterpiece performance. Yeah, like he, like absolutely one of the best, if not the best. It's like criticizing a movie for not being perfect, for not being able to match that level of performance. It's like, <laughs> it's wow, that's, thing that's to, a real tough. I guess they didn't. You're tough, right. Tough act to follow. But that's a hard thing to criticize someone for. One thing I did think they were missing was a Brokeback Mountain scene in this movie. Like a really like rough gay. Yeah, like yeah. Where, he, where sudden, he just like, he dryly spits on his hand <laughs> and <laughs> spits on his stick and. Wow. <laughs> You're getting into my other theory <laughs> of why this movie didn't review so well. Uh, I think, and I've seen hints of this in some of the reviews I've read, is that this movie wasn't gay enough for people. Sure. <laughs> like, that's what I'm thinking. And it was like, pretty gay. It's about Freddie Mercury. And like we said, the actor, and they really captured his, his persona uh, very well. Uh, and as we said, like, he's he's... Freddie Mercury's like the epitome of of a gay persona. Like like when you think of like the stereotypical gay, you're almost thinking of Freddie Mercury, basically. Dude, this headline: <laughs> Freddie Mercury's life is the story of HIV and being queer. <laughs> yes. Like, it's like, what the fuck is this shit? It's like, you reduce people down to this identity. It's like, no, it's the story of fucking, like, one of the greatest musicians ever. Well, also, and all he cared about was the music. He said, I just want to make music till I'm dead. I have well, HIV. Also, I don't want to think about my HIV. I just want to make more music and make more art. Fuck you, HIV yeah. Plus magazine. So, the, AIDS, <laughs> the AIDS thing in the movie doesn't really come up till, like, maybe the last half an hour, if not the last, like, 20 minutes. Like, it doesn't come up until, like... They made the movie more about his life than his diagnosis. And then, like you said, he has a little monologue where he said, where he's talking to, the, he reveals to the band that he has AIDS. Uh, but he said, it's like, I want you to keep this to themselves. It's like, I want this about to be, I want this to be this fine, this big performance we're leading up to. I want it to be about that, about performing for people and really giving them something. Like, they don't, like, I don't want it to just be about my disease or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm more than the just these movie, identity things. The whole movie, uh, despite my ridiculous synopsis at the beginning, is not about AIDS at all. Like, it's this thing, it's this closure at the end. And then they even say, like, in a, like, a, during, like, just before the credits little thing, like, yeah, Freddie Mercury lived till 45, blah, blah, blah. And, like, he only re announced to the public that he had AIDS, like, 
just before he died. I mean, like a couple days before he died. Oh, really? Like, yeah, he kept it to himself. Well, yeah, I think. Well, they think they were like kind of pushing away that he was a, a homo. Like you know, they like sure. they were always just trying Could to be. say, yeah, he's just no, he's just a straight guy and whatever. And then after he died, it was like, well, we can tell everyone that he's gay now. And they whatever. do explore that in the movie that like all these people ask him about his personal life, which he yeah. didn't really want to answer. No, not at all. Um, but that, but my th- yeah, my theory is is like people see this. It's like oh, a movie, a biopic about. Uh, a notori- like a notorious gay celebrity. Like this is a guy like very celebrated. Everyone loves him, and he was a gay man. And I think people just wanted it to be gay, gay, gay. Like just nothing but like how gay he was and how great it is to be gay. And I don't have a problem with any of that stuff. But really, this was just about his his rise to fame and how it affected him as a person. I th- I think that was enough for people. They wanted it to just be like the most re- like cartoonishly pro-gay things i don't have anything i don't have a problem with stuff being pro-gay but when you're making a movie a biopic like you kind of want to know the real story you don't want it to be a fucking cartoon but i think that's what people wanted they just wanted it to be cartoonishly gay they want to make him the poster child for aids (laughs) (laughs) which is like he keeps saying he doesn't want to be the poster child for aids and stuff and then i got this aids magazine being like freddie mercury is the poster child for aids (laughs) (laughs) for fuck's sake Um, so I, uh, by the way, I was pretty disappointed that that Live Aid concert wasn't called Live AIDS. <laughs> that is it was, disappointing. It is disappointing. Like, uh, even, though, uh, even though the, the charity thing had nothing to do with yeah, it. I was just I killing think. myself laughing at that thing being called Live Aid. Um, we got to talk about some baby boomers being shit. Yeah, I only have a few more thoughts after to. Yeah, welcome. Well, I got I got a nice teaser. I got uh, right, right, I got right. some more gay hate talk <laughs> after the break. <laughs> uh, so um, let's get to baby boomers are shit of the week. This is our segment where we shit on baby boomers. <laughs> <laughs> if you couldn't tell. Uh, have you ever noticed how they all type? Using only two fingers. Oh, the like, pecking, the pecking hunt. Like a fucking child in the nineties, first using a keyboard for the first time. Like, like a like a, a toddler using a Fisher Price like little tiny Fisher Price toy computer. I see any baby boomer typing just using their two fucking index fingers, and it's, I just think like what. What fucking year is this when people are still just using their two index fingers? It's not like you need like you need to have taken some kind of typing class. I took a typing class. But, you know, but I'm just saying to get good at using more than two fingers, it's not like it requires like, – like you don't really need to be I taught. I don't even know it. how I type anymore. Like here's here's – Here's the thing. You I only use my front two fingers, apparently, my index really? finger and my middle finger. I don't use the other, the back two. I use everything. And I, t- I can type over 90 words per minute, but too. Which is- my, my point being is, uh, or what I'm getting at, is it's not like you need to really go out of your way to learn to type with more fingers. You just need to start u- slowly start using the other ones. Just start typing. You'll be a little junk at it at first or whatever, but, you know, whatever. There's a delete key. That's what it's for. And you'll just get better. Like I never took any typing classes, and I use I use all my fingers and my thumbs. Wow! So and I'm a faster typer than you. So what does that say? I mean, probably, <laughs> but at least not, you don't see me sitting there like, <laughs> raising my whole hand. And up you are not a very thing. like technologically literate person either. So it's not. I like, mean, I would say I'm pretty average. You're average. For my age, I would I'm say guessing. you're maybe slightly above average, yeah, but you're not like a techie, techie um, film. My my go-to uh, comparison for realizing like how 
good someone is at technology is if they can download a torrent. And now I know downloading a torrent is not intricate things. But if no. they, if you say, yeah, I saw this movie. But it's like, jargon enough that like. Yeah, it's you know. like if you're saying it's like, hey, you should check out this movie. And they're like, oh, do you have it? Do you have a copy of it? I, I could I could see it. And I'm like, no, I just find it down. You can just, just find a torrent for it. And they're like, torrent. Like, yeah, you got to download like a BitTorrent or a uTorrent thing, and then you download the actual file and like, if like some people just have no understanding of that, and it sounds like complete jargon trying to explain. The it. only That's thing that I go to. The only thing I will say is that because those that, torrent sites change so often, because they're always getting like banned down, and stuff. Like even I have trouble sometimes if I haven't been searching for a while. Sure. You know, if you're regularly downloading it, you kind of get to. You're on the chain. But, they, so you but see I'm what talking the about people site, who don't even understand like they've the, never the even heard of it. Of downloading the torrent. That's my go-to. But anyway. What I was saying is, yeah, it's like I didn't take some fucking typing class or anything. I just started using more more fingers, and I was shitty at it first, but now I'm pretty quick. And I'm not, like, perfect, because like, I know I don't use, like, the exact thing that they, like, the exact techniques they teach you in a typing class. Blah, 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 blah. You're not, like, a typographer, if that's a thing, or a transcriber or something. Like, you're just, yeah. like, you don't need to be 100% A topographer. <laughs> you don't need to be 100% proficient at it, but just be using more than fucking two fingers. It's fucking painful to watch people <laughs> type away with two fingers like they're a fucking bird and they also they also can't seem to remember how the word is spelled so they look down and they type like two letters and then they look back up <laughs> like and it's like can you just remember how the word there is spelled yeah, like which you have to fucking look at your feet to walk you idiot <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> you know, even if you have to look down at the keys, which I understand you might not be able to memorize all those keys. But sure, they that's... have little grooves. The J and the F have little. Yeah, grooves I know. On for them. you to put your put your to put your fingers. I still look at the keys, but I remember what my sentences I'm writing too. I don't have to look up and think. I don't at all. The only time I look at keys is when I'm using my my myself i can avoid it but i just yeah fuck. in which i'm not using obviously i'm there not are using no keys. all my fingers so you know what you know what else baby boomers do uh they don't know how to use fucking instagram because <laughs> apparently <laughs> oh, apparently we're the, you're somewhere. the baby boomer this hey, week, I, so. I admitted to that i think in the post <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh yeah we just we just got our instagram open last week and and andy just immediately hey, cannot it. figure out how it works well so here's the thing a lot of like modern apps and like I, I don't use like a lot of stuff like that but anytime i do like everything is optimized to be used by a retarded person being like you have to be completely and, and I I was able to use it but like the Instagram app but I was just shocked at how uh, just shitty it was I thought like usually these things are optimized I'm shocked how unoptimized the Instagram what was wrong was. with it uh, well, first off, I was trying to do it just through the Instagram website, and you can't actually post things through the website. It has to be done through the app, as far without using without downloading something to get around that. Which uh, then those get ridiculous. Uh, mostly, I just I hate typing on a cell phone. Like I, sure. just, I just hate touchscreen things. No, that's like nothing to do with Instagram. No, not really. Uh, well, and also it's like we're trying to put a little thumbnail up with it, uh, and I just use the thumbnail that you put on the episode post. But nor, but I didn't have that on my phone, so it's like I had to <laughs> then send it to my phone, so then I could send it to Instagram rather than just being able to do it through the website. You just don't like. I think you just don't like phones. That's what sounds like the problem with Instagram. What a uh, baby boomer doesn't I, like his I phone. I do not like touchscreen keyboards. I want to use my desk, like my desktop computer to do this. If I'm at my computer. <laughs> I do, yes. Here's the thing. If I'm on Instagram, like just another Joe Schmo idiot, like posting a picture of the sandwich they're about to eat or something, yeah, you can take a picture, post it just easy. But when we're trying to actually like make a post about it for our for our episode and actually, you know, type up like a little thing and I'm sitting there typing with my fucking thumbs on the, on the keyboard, which on the cell phone touchscreen keyboard, which I hate. 
Yeah, it's like I don't like it, it's not it's a lot less convenient than if you're just some idiot taking a picture of your dog at the park. Get a load of this boomer over here. And I here. will fully I will fully admit that's the most boomer experience I've ever had. I'm like, what is this? How do, how is this thing so popular? Terrible. Um, I'll, I'll cop to that. <laughs> I definitely felt like a boomer. You, and, and you know what? It felt terrible. Do you, do you all notice how I was able uh, to just ask Andy about how he felt and be like, hey, well, what's wrong with it? And just listen and just follow a line of questioning without having to buy into his reasoning. And I, I didn't have to hate Instagram to do so instead of just calling him a racist and not even being able to. <laughs> well, even... you did. You did call me a boomer. Yeah. Much worse than a racist. Yeah. So. yeah. And that with, instead of being able to just ask him, OK, well, what do you think? And, and not actually having to do anything about that other than get to know what somebody thinks. Wow, what a fucking like uh, <laughs> new idea to just ask people about what they think and try to clarify their ideas so that uh-huh. you're not arguing a straw man like a retard. Um, by the way, what the fuck is the gay community? What uh, does that mean? Yeah, I see what you're, you're getting at. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, I'm not part of the German community. I'm not part of like, like, I'm not part of, uh, you know, like bands. It's like, I hate hanging out with other musicians. It's annoying unless like they're just somebody that you can work with. I'm part of the musical community. No, I'm not. I just like music. And I'm not part of the straight community either. I feel no sense of community between you and me it's... by the factor that we're straight. It's a way for people to make it sound like their argument is the definitive argument. Like it's they're, such they're saying bullshit. they're the representative of the gay community. And I always have to laugh because uh, like, I'm pretty open to a lot of ideas, and I think I'm pretty socially liberal about a lot of things. Like I'm an anything-goes sort of person, really. Um, but I like, obviously, to tell mean jokes, if anyone's a regular listener of this podcast. <laughs> I, like, I like mean-spirited jokes. I, like, I guess you'd call it edgy jokes if you want to... Not an edgy. On me it's like whatever. it's like it used to be edgy. Then it's not edgy. Now, now it's, it's real <laughs> edgy. <laughs> yeah. it's Same just joke. Like a roller coaster. <laughs> um, and and yeah, it's like well, it's, well, you can't say that joke. It's offensive to the trans community. It's offensive to the gay community. And it's like what what are you what are you the president of gay people? Like you're the, I'm sure some of them are offended by some of the things I might have said on today's podcast. I'm sure some of them find it funny. Yeah, yeah people, it is a weird thing where people are like really trying to argue like pro rights and help helping out these people or whatever, but then they just, they end up just lumping all these people into a group again, rather than treating people as individuals, which like that, that to me is like, that's my ultimate, like the way I want to interact with people is treat them as an individual. I'm not like, if you're a gay dude, I'm not going to be like, well, this is how all gay people are. And this is how I'm going to interact with all It's also people. how you usually naturally kind of interact with people yes. is like, just as but that it's person. like they're rejecting that. It's like they're rejecting all individual interactions. Like, no, everyone's just in these groups, and this is what they are, and you can't say this about them because they all find it offensive. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's some credence to the idea if somebody's different than you that you might treat them different. But if like, Certainly. but usually that's just your first impression. Like, if you just get into a conversation, yeah. that all kind of irons itself out. Like, that's only relevant until you're you know, five minutes into a conversation I'm realizing and you've broken it's, the ice. It's just a very weird irony that they really are just grouped in an in a supposed effort to help these people. They it's tribal. Just, they end up just grouping them all together anyway. Well, well Zizek talks about how it's like an intellectual form of racism or like sexism or or whatever, where it's like, okay, 
when we're good friends, we joke around and we make fun of each other. And it's yeah. like, and that's kind of what you want to do. And it's not so funny when it's just the two of us, but if there's a third one around. Oh, that's great. Yeah, like I had one of, one of my friends was texting. And it's like a competition between the two of us as to who can make each who other can, look like more of an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had one, I had one of my friends kind of making fun <laughs> yeah, of, like, that. yeah, who was making some of like our, the fat jokes that we make about me liking fat ladies and whatnot. <laughs> but he was texting it to me and I was like, no, stop. This isn't good. Like you need yeah. a third person around because because it feels right now that like you and me are having a weird intimate moment <laughs> like yeah. like not you and me but me in this text message uh, you know about me liking fat ladies and uh, I'm fucking creeped out right now like this is not good there needs to be a third person that we can do it so anyway Zizek talks about how um it's like that is a closeness like yeah. that's an intimacy like that yeah, that you do that funny. with people you're close to. So when you remove that and you say, no, 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 you can't say that to these groups, you're actually creating proximity between you and other people that you could be close to. Yeah. It's it's obviously it's better than like a caveman racism where you just call people like the N-word and stuff. Yeah. But it's like it's certainly not the penultimate or the ultimate thing or whatever. Well, it, it's baffling to me. I always, I always hate any moment uh, in, in the show or just in life in general where you have to like explain a joke. I hate explaining jokes, but it's oh God. like it, trying to. It's baffling to me how many people don't understand, uh, like how joking around or poking fun at someone works. Like someone might listen to like any time I've made like a slight jab about you liking fat people or, or whatever. As if as you if, hate me yeah. for that. Well, and as <laughs> if I just despise fat people, or as if like, look, I'm 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 31 now, and as I get older, it's like I just I realize like you're you're like everyone's attractions and what they're attracted to is far more varied than just like when you're in like like the typical you're in your early 20s and it's like you're just in, you're just attracted by like supermodels it's like i've gotten to a point in my life where it's like i realize people have more again i use this word it a more, 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 talk more this. nuanced attractions like sure like people like what people are attracted because to. attractions like, mostly in your mind you start to realize i have nothing against people being interested in the bbws or whatever <laughs> oh man that a cringy term <laughs> it's so fucking cringy um yeah, and it's like I don't. I have nothing against that or just BBW. Don't get me wrong. That's my top general, search term. You know, general. you gotta go where Google leads you. But yeah, yeah, you but to say it's to, to say the word out loud on, in the English language. Oh my god. Yeah. Or the SS BBWs. That's the supersized ones. You wouldn't want to market ones. yourself that. Well, I guess you would because it's a popular term. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's okay like to really read. Like, it's not okay to I, hear. I just I just rib you on that because I know it's a funny thing to rib someone on. Yeah. Like it has nothing to do with like oh he just he hates Mueller and he hates fat people. What a like, fucking faggot you know, this kid. It's just funny. Like I talked about it on the previous episode about like what if there was a superhero. I was uh, parodying Bill Burr, but. Uh, what if there's a superhero, like a group superhero movie, of, but all about redheads? And I'm a redhead, and it's like, yeah, it would be really fucking weird. <laughs> I don't realize that there's something funny about you, and it's like sometimes you'll be the butt of a joke, and that doesn't—that's not necessarily a complete just breakdown of you as a person. Again, I hate explaining jokes like this, but it baffles to me how many people just don't understand really common humor stuff. Yeah, that's whether you find it funny or not. But people are like, oh, he just hates fat people. That's because everybody today are fucking pussies. And it's like anything that even sounds bad. Like, like, dude, I, you want to know where my anger comes from? This is like my whole upbringing was in this shitty culture. And then, you know, I didn't have many guy friends growing up. Like I usually had, I was like uh, Paul Rudd in I Love You, Man. He's only got like female friends. And then I, you know, I started to get to know you and Braden and these other guys. It's like, oh, I got this group of dudes. And uh, what do you know? You can make fun of each other without crying about it. Like that was a new concept to me. It's, it's. 
Like, who the fuck taught me that? That's fucked, man. And it's like, and I was missing out on like a lot of bonding that you can do with well, guys and like a different ways of and thinking. I think it can teach you, like, accepting a joke about you, about like a joke made toward you and kind of laughing along with it, I think can make you more confident with yourself. Yeah, it makes you stronger it, because you know not, your flaws are not defeating you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, and you know, it's just. All the, like these are just just dudes ribbing on each other. Like that, I think that's how dudes interact. Like I think that's like really like I know people are, are, are there's a whole swath of different people and, and relationships and human interactions. But I think objectively, like dudes like to like guy friends like to rib on each other. Dude, this is where grabbing by the pussy comes in, man. Because yeah. like because people because people get this thing and he goes, oh that's locker room talk, and they go, oh what the fuck is this? And sure whatever whatever is inappropriate or whatever. Yeah. But you got this whole nation of dudes who are like. Yeah, I kind of know what was going on there. You know, it's like yeah, I think you, when you, you say things that are contextualized by your relationship. You can't just well, pull also, those out of the conversation and put them on the news. When and I'm in a room with a bunch of other dudes who are my friends, I feel like I'm in a competition to be to the see, most <laughs> to see who can make all the other guys laugh more. Yeah. Like I never acknowledge that, but when I really break it down, it's like I look at it, it's like, well, when we're watching, you know, eight eight Nightmare on Elm Street movies in a row, it's like that to me, it's like the whole day is a competition to make to crack a joke and, about the movie. And, and it's a competition laughing. where everyone wins. Absolutely. Like it's the biggest fucking socialist liberal shit ever where everybody, everybody's winning. But like, but you know, we have one, one of our mutual friends who has not done well with those sorts of jokes. Yeah. Um, and it's like, and you know, when he's ribbing you and he's upset and the whole tone of the conversation changes, it doesn't work anymore. Nobody's having fun. Cause you know that he had means something by it. Yeah. Um, and, and he's taking everything by meaning something by it. And it's like, dude, you're ruining this whole thing. So when you're in that situation, you know whether it's fun and games and whether it's all of a sudden gotten serious because somebody's hurt or somebody's upset and it doesn't happen very much but it does tend to be the same people yeah. and it used to be me so I mean this is why I'm so pissed off about this stuff because it's like I feel like I really bought into a lot of these subtle messages about you yeah. know just cry as often as you can you know because <laughs> because that'll make you like a scent that's the right that's the real way to be a man and I don't have a problem crying you know I cried at Coco like 10 times what a fucking great movie what a pussy um and uh, so it's like, but I, but it's like you miss out on a bunch of things and you're like, it's, it's not good. It's not a good, and, and it's just getting worse. Like we're just training kids to be weaker and weaker. I mean, I was looking at, I was looking at that. That's, I think as much uh, like training we see of, of kids in that, I, I do see as like a lot of blowback to it. So I don't. I could be wrong, and I think I've said something like this on the previous episode, but I, I think it's just a trend. Like yeah. This sort of, this, this attitude, this protect everyone attitude. Well, that's, that's. Protect so everyone from everything attitude. That Sogi uh, thing that, like, one of the, one of their parent resources, they go, oh, it's just this innocuous things. It says, lessons plans like grade four and five gender identity teach that no one should feel limited by stereotypes or be teased because of them. It's, you definitely should be teased because of your stereotypes. It's hilarious. Everyone should be very weary of any government program that says they're going to eliminate kids teasing each other. <laughs> Good fucking luck. It's <sighs> like I, I hate to like I hate to make some sort of like a, a sort of like boys will be boys. That's sort how of you, thing. Well, yeah, I understand. If, if, it's like you want to protect kids. That it's like wow, they're really going through a lot and they're just being hammered by bullies and they're depressed because every now and then some kid kills them, like a young kid kills himself. Yeah, it's no that, good. That fucking sucks. But like this idea that children, like these are children, like these are like some of the most like I don't they're say, vile by culture, but like, <laughs> they're just like they are like 
who they are. Children are know? disgusting. <laughs> but, they, like, they, they, they just say shit. Uh, they just say whatever comes to their mind, and it's probably going to be whatever your weakness is. I don't That's think, what kids do. I don't think people should look at, like, well, there's, there's a pecking order, like a social hierarchy, so to speak. I don't, people, I don't think people should just see that and be like, well, you know, that's just the way it is. This kid being bullied, he has to deal with it. But this idea that you can eliminate it, like it's so heavily ingrained in our genetics. You should fucking teach your kids to be stronger. Sure. I mean, that was the whole point of that. That's the point I was trying to make with my roommate story. It's like, well, this doesn't even really bother me at this point. I, I'm a little annoyed and I'm a bit upset, but I, it does. I'm just going to continue on with my day because I'm a stronger person than I was five years ago. And it's like, man, I could have been stronger five years ago if somebody had started me off a little bit yeah. earlier. And it's like, it, if your life is getting ruined because you're getting a bit teased, you know, the best way to deal with fucking kids is like, they're like, yeah, hey, you're a faggot. It's like, yeah, I am a faggot, Learn but you're a faggot too. Learn how to rip back. <laughs> yeah, you're learn to rip back the other kids respect you it's like a basic social skill um, like especially if you're weird you better learn it and I, I and i learned it and it worked it was great i it's i it's we should definitely be doing what we can to help any kids any demographic of kids that are at like the bottom of the pecking order they need, but, they, need, they need some training on how to be assertive and, but, and how to rip. They need to, treat, they need to train them more on to toxic masculinity. But people <laughs> should be extremely cautious of a government program that's, that's out to eliminate it because the, man, I know I said a very similar thing at the beginning. The power that they would need is pretty much impossible and fucking dangerous. So listen to this one. Every fucking, this is, <laughs> the people that fucking have like this, I'm going to call it a morbid trust of government. Oh uh, yeah. It's like, that's a great word. Morbid trust. I like uh, that. It's insane. If you look at every like huge atrocity committed to man, it was done by always a, done by either elementary school bullies. <laughs> it's, always, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's always either done by a government or a group backed by the government. It always has government. Always, unless I remember like Mao. All those elementary school bullies got together to uh, kill those eighty million unless people it's like with a, their communist like a agenda. Plague or a hurricane or something. But even those don't have the numbers that like a fascist government has. It's always a government. Every fucking time it's never a kid being bullied until he gets to like a science lab and then flourishes in his, in his and then life. builds a death ray <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's never that it's it's always a government here here's this one grades eight nine and ten schools teach about many different kinds of discrimination such as racism misogyny and sexual harassment lessons like Eight, nine, ten. Social justice vocabulary, which is the textbook. Social oh, justice man. vocabulary. Continue to reinforce that our language and actions can hurt someone else's feeling, and so feelings, and so can just ignoring it. It's like, what do you need? What? This is a fucking lie. I was taught in grade two. Yeah, sticks and stones, stones will hurt my bones, and words will never hurt me. And now they're saying, okay, yeah, words can hurt you. And it's like, dude. What type of thin skin do you, this is our plan. This is our optimistic plan for the future. The utopia for the future. A society of the thinnest skinned people <laughs> yeah. you've ever met in your entire life yeah. who will just buckle under the tiniest amount of criticism. This is not a good way to be teaching kids. Also, it's I don't think people understand. I think we could teach kids better 
to have thick skin in like a healthier way. I'm not saying like, oh, just throw them in the pit and whatever. Like give, give them some guidance. I was a weird disruptive kid. Yeah, People made fun of me. Are. I could have used a little guidance. It's like, listen, this is actually a, re here's a good tactic that you can <laughs> use, you know? Like what you got to do is pull their pants down when everyone's looking <laughs> and then you'll be the top I also dog. think people don't understand how being offended by something works. It's like they think there's just these objectively offensive things and that's it. Well, that's they, they want to categorize everything. Yes, it, but the thing is like people... The very conservative thing to try to do, like by what, the way. What offends one person doesn't necessarily offend another. And it's like by, by doing this group, you're just, you're just uh, prioritizing what's what's the more what's the thing to be offended by that matters most and what's not also there's lots of people again who are part of that group who think those jokes are hilarious so the thing is like if i'm only if if we're just trying to eliminate people being offended but the problem is like offensive is so subjective like what offends me might not necessarily offend another person um so if i'm only allowed to talk when I'm not offending anyone, I'm never allowed to talk. Yeah, I think because that... Because every single thing is offensive to someone. Honestly, I think a big part of why this stuff flourishes is because you have, like, these very conservative, like, buttfuck hillbilly people who are like, I gotta be offensive and whatever, and, like, they can't articulate... They, they, they sense in their gut why this is stupid, yeah. but they can't articulate it. So yeah. then you have all these like you know college, university-educated people who just bully them by being able to articulate <laughs> arguments that mean nothing ultimately. Yeah. And they go against your human gut reaction, which is, I think, correct in this particular case, that it's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't try to govern that quite that much. Yeah. Um, so dude, this, like, this is the white, this is the whitewashed or like the, the, the powder coated promotional material I'm reading out to you here. And it's like, I'm like, oh my God, this is yeah, pe pe sounds... people in these arguments. Have you even read the curriculum? And it's like, dude, I read 30 seconds of this and I'm more alarmed than when I started. Well, then what are you talking about? I, I get very, uh, weary and uncomfortable. Anytime I hear discussions about trying to control how people talk rather than trying it's like well maybe you should try and teach people how to react to how people talk rather than trying to control what those people are saying in kindergarten we get to the textbook family diversity that teaches you that that families come in all shapes and sides what do kindergarten kids need like why do they need to be learning about how families work yeah, they're in crazy. fucking kindergarten like maybe like in grade 12 when like you might start a family in the next five years or something the only possible explanation for this is indoctrination most of me. these look most of these kids in school they're not even paying attention I, i've <laughs> talked in the past about like my theory of what they should be doing with with like school it's like reverse the ratio of recess <laughs> to actual learning because most of the kids it's a classroom it's just chaos most of them are in the back just fighting each other and there's like five kids in the front row who are i remember learning shit i don't, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's my theory. I don't have kids. I don't intend on, I don't intend on raising anyone, but that's what I think. Okay, so Reverse that back to the boomers. We better get some weathernetwork.com comments out here. here okay. uh, so as you guys know, this is our regular weathernetwork.com segment, which we pair with the boomers. So uh, on the coffee break see section... see that my addiction has... Uh, has transferred over to you because I haven't been on Weather Network for a while, but I you love it, and I'm not condemning you. But I've been I on it as recently as today, I would right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, this is this is the home the home of boomers. All boomers collect at WeatherNetwork.com to have conversations. So they always have a, a quiz with a multiple choice answer, and then comments that people comment today. On the quiz today, the quiz question was: What does an anemometer measure? <laughs> 
By the way, the correct answer to all the questions they ask is always, who gives a shit? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is an anemometer? Why would I need to know this? Um, another problem I have with school is they're teaching you dumb shit like this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what is an anemometer measure? Sea levels, wind speed, or temperature underground? Uh, Nomdap Loom comments, nope, wrong, 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 wrong. All three of those are wrong. Animometers measure Anne's mom. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> uh, I always, the comments that I, I bet there's something in there about like, wrong. It actually levers, measures the heat levels coming off my wife. <laughs> Like it's always there's always some comment about their wife or their ex-wife or something. Dave Mackey comments, Mackle comments four comments in a row, uh, all top level comments. I'm a reader, not a writer. And there's a W, like a like the Wright brothers. He spelt it, and then he says, "I am new to this thing in front of me." The internet, (laughs) Margaret. There are vultures outside my place, (laughs) Margaret. And then. uh, Joan, thank you. I forgot. <laughs> no context <laughs> no for these. This for- is like when uh, when a boomer's on Facebook and they're... Oh, I they, got a they, really good one they, coming up next. They, they think that they're like talking to someone on someone's wall, but they're actually just talking on their own wall. So like... Yeah, perfect example here. Sounds just like that. Top level comment. Again, not replying to anyone. Live and learn. Remember to change your clocks back one hour before you go to bed tonight. All <laughs> mine are all done except for the computer and Roger's next box. <laughs> they do it themselves. Have a good Saturday. All. <laughs> I love these. I, I, most of these are the same comments, and I'll bring them in every week yeah. so that people can remember uh, how lame they are as people. What is an, an anemometer measure? Easy. The proximity of Nemo. Now I don't have to go find him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like actually kind of upset about these jokes, well, even though that's what the segment is about is how bad they are. I know. It's just anytime there's like just a really like a bad, <laughs> like someone who loves a bad pun like that, but the pun isn't even like funny or clever. It's just like a pun at any cost. It's just nothing. Yeah. It makes me roll my eyes. What is time. an animal meter measure? Sounds like something that would measure bowel movements, but that's just me. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Animometer? I barely know her. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not anything. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> shit. And then some people just comment, yeah, I got it right. <laughs> Didn't get it. <laughs> oh, I got that one. So, uh, God, I miss, miss the, the small era on weathernetwork.com where Macho Man Randy Savage was keeping them all in line. <laughs> I'm just kind of like all the people arguing for the Sogi stuff. I'm just waiting till the, <laughs> it, right? I'm just waiting till their kids like are like 12 years old and they're tattling on them to the thought police. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just and it's just like yeah, not so good. Okay, that was that was my most conspiracy theorist thing I've said all day. So let's move on. Um, <laughs> we got to talk about the CGI crowd yeah, in so this movie. This is like the really the only closing thoughts I had on back to Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, back to <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody from uh, my most hated movie ever is Sogi Canada's new uh, child education yeah. policy. So you talked a bit about how like great the performance sequences are, like the musical performances, and how great they were. But there awesome. was one notable thing that we noticed about these sequences that were not awesome at all. <laughs> that were just, just horrifically bad. Uh, anytime there was a shot of the, a clear shot of the crowd, 
now I understand they're doing these giants. They're showcasing these giant stadium performances. Obviously, they can't round up like twenty to a hundred thousand people to to get to gather for their movie set. Like that's unreasonable. Like they got to do some trickery some some visual digital editing mirrors something, something. <laughs> complex mirror setup but for a lot of shots like other than the front row it was they just cgi'd all the people which was fine when it was like they show a shot of freddy who is in freddy's in focus freddy murphy's in focus <laughs> we keep saying freddy but we said fred so, krueger <laughs> we said so much last time with the nightmare on series they'll have shots of freddy mercury one of the band members in focus and you'll see the audience in the background out of focus it doesn't matter. You can't even tell it's CGI. They're a little dark because they're it's inside. Blurry. It's out of focus. It doesn't doesn't even matter. Or yeah, it's dark. It's in like a it's in an actual uh, roofed place. But every now and then it would do like a panning shot of the audience in focus, and man, it was like they just didn't even fucking try. <laughs> it was like they were flying a, a but they would they're doing like they're flying a drone over the crowd and doing a zoom in. So they'll be at the back of the stadium yeah. and the drone will be facing down. Yes. Flying and you see so it's yes. it's whipping past like fifty thousand people and then it goes up to Freddie Mercury and it's like what are we? This, this looks like The Sims two. Like it, it, <laughs> it looked like if you've ever played Roller Coaster Tycoon and you get your park up and running and then like there's like a like a huge line like crowd of people about to ride the 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 roller coaster or whatever. It looked like that. It was it so was bad, comedically bad. I had my hands on my head. I'm like, no, my god, it looks. Terrible. I think we were like disrupting the kids behind yeah, us maybe. because we were so shocked. I couldn't at this help crowd. myself though because it looked just terrible. And, and what was really weird is so we noticed this happened once kind of maybe a quarter through the movie or whatever it happened once or twice but by the time it got to that last live aid 15 minute scene like lots of crowd like shots. no one who made this movie lots of brightly lit yeah they were brightly lit because it's during the day and nobody noticed they weren't like you know this crowd doesn't look so good we should try to let's put a filter on it or put it well Jesus let's Christ. just let's just try not to have a lot of extended shots of the crowd mm -hmm. but they were like zooming in on people mm -hmm. like i saw pe and some of the people in the crowd like they had weird body shapes that i had never seen before like they were yeah, not that's where it looked like it was so bad limbs looked really animated like, <laughs> oh, I, yeah it was it was it was bizarre and cartoonish that they were trying to pass that off as a as a real crowd, and they were because they were just zooming into them. It's like, look at the crowd and how keep excited of, they keep are. Keep them out of focus, unless it's an actual close up. Because they did close up shots of real people. They looked like Pikmin from <laughs> that GameCube really game. Yeah. <laughs> it keep was it, so bad. Keep it out of focus. Don't, <laughs> don't put your CGI crowd in focus. Like, <laughs> it's like if you're ever playing one of those like. Uh, any any video game like a football game, not that I ever am, but like a wrestling game. Yeah, oh, no, like an NHL WWE. game where they've got the crowd, they got but the they crowd, look flat. And if you're focusing, you're looking at your, your players, like the person you're playing as. Uh, it's fine because you just see them, you see the, the crowd in your peripherals. But then every now and then you'll look back, and yeah, they're like a flat, like really. Super it's like a paper mache, like yeah. South Park looking like a, character, like a paper cutout. <laughs> That's almost what it looked like. Or it looks almost as bad as NHL '95, where <laughs> there's no individual people. It's just one. Uh, polygon like one rectangle shape where they've drawn on people <laughs> onto it it was so bad um absolutely atrocious so i mean i want to talk i think that i think queen's worth talking about a little bit sure. in that so one scene i really like from the movie is they have this argument with their producer uh and they so they've they've done all this work and they've written bohemian rhapsody for their album right yeah. um it's this night at the opera i think is the album it was 1975 um, and they're like, we want the song Bohemian Rhapsody to be the single. 
Yeah. All right. And which is a big deal. And the producer's like, no, I'm not going to do deal, that. For those who might be unaware, it was ridiculous because it's probably the most iconic song ever written. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like this six minute long song. It has like some rock guitar solos, but then like a really like emotional piano. Like, and then an opera section. And like a weird, like almost wacky opera section. Like it's very bizarre and the lyrics don't really make sense unless I'm sure if you really looked into them, they might, but they don't initially. They're not obvious what's going on. Well, there's there's parts of that, like the beginning piano bit where he's talking about it's like, "Mama, I just killed a man." Like yeah, that yeah. part's very clear cut. Yeah, that's easy. But then it gets into like the Galileo stuff, and you were thinking about that in relation to the beginning. Beelzebub has a devil. There's, there's definitely something talking going about on. the devil now. Yeah, there's definitely something going on that people are still debating, which is great. Cool, it's awesome. Uh, I will say again, again, as someone's like I'm, I'm like a big death metal, thrash metal fan. Just, I don't listen to a lot of music like Queen. I can say there's almost an objectivity to that, to Bohemian Rhapsody being like one of the greatest songs ever written. It's like amazing. It, I hear, I every now, like it, it comes on the radio quite a bit at my work and it's always great to hear. It's like, you can sing along to it. It's just like still like, yeah, it's, it's just an object. It's almost an objective. <laughs> That's very hard song. to, yeah, it's hard to say it's not, you know, even if you want to keep music s- it's so a, subjective. It's just a fascinating song. And I've like, it's one of those songs you hear like a million times. Like I've heard that song a billion infinite times the other thing is i think that he makes musical theater cool certainly which is like and it is not cool musical theater fucking sucks here's the thing again as as someone like an outsider like i don't listen to a lot of pop music and in terms of freddie mercury's performance on stage you would compare that more to like a pop performance than like a death metal performance. Of course. Certainly. Uh, I'm just saying, I don't come from that world, but I see, like, I'll see every now and then, like, some footage of Beyonce playing at the Super Bowl, and they have, like, she has all these choreographed dancers coming on, and, like, nothing about it appeals to me, even though it's like I can see the talent going on there. I can see the hard work that went into this performance and, you know, all the dancers. And so despite you not appreciating pop music in general, even the lavish performances... Yeah, you still think Freddie Mercury is something is something. He's to something behold. else because when you take Beyonce, like I think, like she, when she's doing some coordinated dance thing while singing, I'm doing the finger quotes because she's definitely like it's definitely dubbed over. Like she's not actually perform. She's not actually vocally singing on stage. Um, I think it's very meticulous. It's very planned out. It's like yes, at this part of the song, I'm going to raise my hand and then I'm going to do a little twirl, like to coordinate with. And the then dance um, or the nipples come out for the nip slip. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> when when Freddie, any footage I've seen of Freddie Mercury on stage, it's like he's he's hitting that same level of excitement as like a big show, a big dance show, and whatever. But you can tell it's like this isn't this meticulously planned thing. When he grabs like the top half of the mic stand and he's just twirling it around, it's like. He's just hit the stage. This wasn't a meticulously planned out thing. This is just, he just goes up there unplanned and this is just what naturally comes out of him. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's a real, like, it's like he has like performance in his genetics. Like he's just, he's better than anyone. Like I could train the rest of my life trying (laughs) to become a performer like him and maybe, and I'd get pretty good if I spent my entire life doing it. I'd get pretty good, but he's on that. I'd like to see you dancing on, on like a stage that. with Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, just, it'd be a great, it'd be a brilliant comedic performance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's on like, I think that next level where it's like, he's just genetically a better performer, like more than anyone can practice to be. Yeah, he's the, he's what, the Michael Phelps of singing and performing. He's the Fred Phelps of singing. <laughs> he's, the, he's the Fred Phelps. He got it, Fags. He's a gr- as great a performance performer as Fred Phelps is a hater of Fags. 
Yeah, he's that good. Um, that's what I think is fascinating before him. It feels so natural. I see a Beyonce performance. I know that's probably dated by now. Like, no, kids probably aren't listening to that at all. Uh, but I see that performance, and it doesn't excite me because I can tell how meticulously planned out all of it is, despite all the talent going on. Mm-hmm. Freddie Mercury, it's just like I'm just I'm I'm watching like. I'm watching. A, a one in a million. Well, because what's going to no, happen? That you, what could happen? No, exactly. I was about to say, no one could plan for for that for whatever he's doing on stage. And you don't know what will happen. Yeah, that that's something else. That's why he's more fascinating to me. That's why I can say it's like I feel like he's objectively better yeah. at this. Beyonce, it's thing. like yeah, I know what it's going to happen. Is I'm going to get more of what I just saw for the last thirty seconds. It's going to be more yeah. of that. Yeah, it's like if you go if you. If you went and saw Beyonce two nights in a row, and then you went back in time and watched Queen two nights in a row, and then it got to whatever the big Beyonce song is, I don't fucking single ladies. I don't know. And there's something about single ladies. Yeah, there's a, something about putting a ring on your <laughs> yeah, cock. That's, that's, yeah, that's cock that's ring. A, something about cock rings. I don't know. Yeah. But if you watch it, if you watch two nights in a row, you're gonna see the exact same thing, like beat for beat, step for step, movement, like arm movement for arm movement. But if you watched Queen two nights in a row of him performing "Don't Stop Me Now," probably be worth it. It would be like, yeah, it'd be like you're you're gonna see him interact differently at different moments. It's not the same every time. He's just a natural performer. They're hard ass songs, by the way. Like I, I've got this big Queen piano book, and I've been trying to learn "Don't Stop Me Now," and it's like, yeah. man, you gotta like, you basically have to memorize it because you just kind of dance up up and down those keys. Even though it's like a pop song, you know, it's like a simple rock song with simple mm-hmm. chords. But uh, he's got a lot of fucking articulation going on there. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's he's he's, he's definitely someone to be in awe of. Yeah, and I think I think this movie is a really good introduction for people. Yeah, who don't I, I know think much I said it earlier. Like he epitomizes the I, the larger than life pers- persona. Like that totally. that's, that he's the poster child for that. So, um, so Bohemian Rhapsody, they get in this argument with their producer, and then they yeah. they basically fire him. They're like, "We quit. We're going to go to another label because you won't make this our single." Um, you know, and he's trying to do the formulated thing. Yeah, you you're just it. interested in the formula of what has worked in the past. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a really funny scene because everybody in the theater knows what a huge fucking hit that became. It's like one of the biggest songs ever. Like I, between that and like Thriller, one of the greatest songs, but ever. also commercially yeah. successful. It's yes. like you it, know, it hit both. It hit it hit both. And um, so uh, when Freddie Mercury died in I think '91 or something, it was um, 90, early they were 90s. they re-released the song and it like it, it topped the charts again. And then Wayne's World came out. Yeah. And every, if everybody knows that scene from the Wayne's World, there they put you know a little Bohemian Rhapsody and he puts in the in the tape. They're all and singing all, the different parts. And they're all yeah they're all singing the different parts and and um, you know and I was doing some reading on it and it's like Mike Myers for that. Um, one of the producers wanted it to be a Guns N' Roses song. I heard song this a long time ago. Yeah, what instead was of Bohemian, I don't know which song it was. Like they didn't. They just said, "Oh, they wanted Guns N' Roses," and uh, they were talking to Penelope, whatever her face is, the director, and they're like, "Yeah, what song is it?" She's like, "I don't know," but if somebody said Guns N' Roses, it was probably me. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, but um, and Mike Myers was gonna quit the whole movie if it if it couldn't be Bohemian Rhapsody because he's like, "Well, I was growing up, you know, with my brothers, and it's like we get in fights if your brother took the wrong Galileo, like." <laughs> each person takes their turn like and he's like and he wanted to really capture that um which is like you know and it's it's an iconic scene and then of course you know that song that's my first exposure to i Bohemian think it was Rhapsody. a lot of people like people in our generation at least yeah like 
I mean, you musically and your taste in music, you come from a background. Like, probably, I'm going to say oriented toward pop. I think you probably agree. Pop and rock, kind of. Yeah. yeah, Fleetwood Mac. And, uh, and then me, also Shania Twain, which was the bane of my fucking childhood. <laughs> my parents love yeah. pop country. And, and like, and they had, my, get, get this pop country Christmas music. Oh, boy. Yeah, my, All, my parents were very similar. In that yeah, way. just, but dude, you've heard nothing until you've heard country pop Christmas songs. Um, no fucking clue oh, yeah, how that's... bad music could get till you get there. My, my brother told me, like I, was, I, I complain every year about the place I work. Once it hits December, it's just the same Christmas songs every oh, day. God. And they're, they're like Christmas songs are just obnoxious. They're, they're too sugary. They're just obnoxiously sweet. And they're awful, to, annoying <laughs> to listen to. Uh, and he was telling me that at his work at the time over the radio, like I would hear the same songs every day, but I would only hear the one, like I'd hear Jingle Bell, some rendition of Jingle Bells, and I'd hear it once a day. And right. that, that was it. He said that they for, for at his work during Christmas they would just have the same Mariah Carey Christmas album <laughs> looping all day. I was like, that's the Holy worst thing shit. I've ever heard. That's horrible. <laughs> that is so it's bad. So bad. But as I was saying, but I, I like my background and for musical taste. Like when I or was around that age when Wayne's World came, when I well, at least when I was watching it, like I was way into punk rock and maybe just starting getting into some like Iron Maiden style metal. Um, but I think I think everyone had that experience of just driving around with some friends and you in your car all rocking out to a song like as as young people and sure. like that they captured that moment. Like, but my point being is like we we come from different background in terms of musical tastes, like very different. But that was I think my first exposure to Queen as well. Yeah, Queen. I don't know. They're pretty like they're pretty. I know they obviously explored a lot of genres because they've got like yeah. opera and rock and sci-fi shit and like you know all this different stuff going on. Uh, but like I don't know. They seem to be pretty ubiquitous. Like everybody can like at least one Queen song. Yeah, I don't that, know anyone who doesn't like at least one. That's Queen That's what song. I'm saying. Where it's like I feel like this Queen hit the closest to objectively good that I would ever agree to something to music being objectively good. Yeah. Michael Jackson's got it good too, man. That, I mean, he definitely, fucking I, he definitely has a few songs where it's like, I listen to him. I'm like, that's pretty groovy. That's bass. a pretty that's cool. Baseline. I yeah. can hear that. That's pretty um, cool. So Mike Myers, uh, made Mike, Michael Myers, the actor. Michael Myers, the, uh, the, the, the slasher. Damn you, John Carpenter. Look what you've done. <laughs> look what you've done. Um, so Mike Myers, who was obviously Wayne in Wayne's world, uh, yeah. you know, so he basically fought to, make Bohemian Rhapsody a big thing again because Wayne's World was this huge movie like way huger than they yeah. ever thought it would be and then now Bohemian Rhapsody is a huge thing so they cast him as their producer or record label guy or whatever who is saying no you can't use Bohemian Rhapsody as a single like I'm going to fire you guys if I will you try say they to. did a good job of not making that distracting because it took me a few minutes to realize it that was it was Mike, Mike Myers, Myers. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, got was, a, he's got like a fake beard I don't know I'm assuming a fake beard yeah he looked real ugly he looked like Harvey Weinstein the whole time and it didn't, it didn't <laughs> sound like him like no. he, he was doing a British accent but it didn't sound like a cartoonishly Brit they did a good job of not making because that could have been distracting like, sure this, totally this, this like blatant cameo from he was Myers. a weird looking dude like he his makeup yeah. and fake hair was very obvious but I think they were just trying to make him look awful like on purpose because I think he that's was also because Michael Myers is probably getting old yeah totally like, we haven't seen him he hasn't been in the limelight for a while so. so it was this nice little like reversal thing where in you know he's basically trying to squash Bohemian Rhapsody not that he doesn't like the song in the movie but he's just like it's not a single material no one will like this or whatever yeah we can't market this and song. it's kind of this it was cool that they cast him there because he was this in reality, he's the yes. exact opposite, and he made Bohemian Rhapsody, gave it its third, like, you know, big, you know, surge to the top of the charts. Yeah. So um, I thought that was, that, that was, was cool. that was a neat little thing. That was, like, that, you was, know. that was a 
proper way to do a cameo. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's not distracting. They didn't just throw him in. Hey, it's Mike Myers. Mike Myers. (laughs) Like, I didn't even know until like several minutes into the scene. I'm like, that guy kind of looks like Mike Myers. Like, oh, that is Mike Myers. (laughs) And we had seen it in the credits, so we knew that it was. uh... I thought he was just a producer of the movie, though. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention. Cool, cool. So uh, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I have. It's don't don't buy into the reviews. It's not a mind blowing movie, but it's pretty good. I I, I was expecting dog shit. I was expecting it to be worse than the reviews because I don't trust. Re- generally, reviewers give movies more praise. Than sure, I, than I sure. Think it yeah, I mean the audience score was like ninety eight percent, and then that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's uh, but the review score. Yeah, um, yeah, like my heart rate was elevated at certain points of the movie, which is which is a lot. Definitely, like there were some scenes, like I said earlier, especially I, I, the musical scenes. But so that might yeah. just be my bias. Like I said for, earlier, I think I was. Expecting expecting it to be bad and I was expecting us to be make like cracking jokes Just the whole time shitting. and we were mostly quiet because we were both pretty <laughs> engaged in the movie like it's pretty good surprising so um alright like us on Twitter like us on Grindr <laughs> um you can visit our Facebook page um uh, on Instagram is where we're most active now at Real Movies Real Men um our website is realmoviesrealmen.com uh and we're also on YouTube here we're gonna start trying to figure out how to post these fucking episodes to YouTube if I can figure out how that works it's a nightmare everything else we just do is automatic pretty much yeah well that's the story so if your air conditioner goes on the fritz or your washing machine blows up or your video recorder conks out before you call the repairman turn on all the lights check all the closets and cupboards look under all the beds because you never can tell there might just be aids in your house (laughs) (laughs) Ha 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 ha!